So, uh, you know, growing up in my family, you know, you, you've met my family, right? So, you know, kind of, you kind of know how they are. You're like, you know, I, I like my Who? grandparents, <laughs> my, you know, my family, uh, <laughs> I, I never talked to them, so it's understandable that you'd forget exactly who they are. Right. But you know, I've seen them. I've seen them from a distance. Across. You've heard, yeah, you've heard of them too. <laughs> but like my grandparents in particular, like they always had like weird nicknames for stuff. Like, you know, they call tomatoes, maters. Uh, they call t- t- potatoes, taters and na- bananas, nanners. And like, it confused me growing up. But like even now, but like now nowadays, like I realize that they just love using like hard R's. What? When they have <laughs> nicknames for things, they they use the hard R's, Adam. Hard R's. <laughs> am, I, am I missing something? <laughs> <laughs> you know what, like older folks like to call the blacks, the hard R's. Oh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> you see, the COVID <laughs> has, has destroyed your brain. <laughs> My brain is fried because I, I I don't talk about hard R's much. So like if you if you have a, a soft R, then it's okay, uh, <laughs> is, is what you're saying. Like this is how all of the the rappers, the, the, the rappers and me, <laughs> the we all been, the rappers. Yes, yes, we've all been using the soft R for for years, and I've been oh, accepted. I've been accepted by the rap community for so long now because of my soft R. I regret this joke already. <laughs> Adam, Adam, welcome back to the Skinny with Mike and Adam. This is a show that you that you co-host with me. Uh, we, we we mainly talk about music and other stuff like that. Uh, but uh, today, what, what is I'm this? To, what is, I'm trying what to is catch this you. show? Why I'm am trying I to on here? I'm trying to catch you up on 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 them and stuff because apparently you've forgotten everything because you caught COVID this I past got the week. Brain, the brain fog, the COVID yep. brain fog is that what it's called? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> and which, which is funny because last time we recorded, uh, you know, we were talking about bets and stakes and stuff like that, and we we went over one of your yes. bets, and I was like, <laughs> it's like, oh, we're, we're we're pretty good, you know. Neither of us have caught COVID. Right. Literally the next day, you literally you, you, you DM had... me. <laughs> I had I had the COVID that at that moment. Just, Apparently, I had all I had at that point was just like kind of a slight, maybe like I'm getting sick, kind of sore throat mm. that start that had started the day before. During it's one of those things. No, it, it had kind of started the day before in the afternoon. One because uh. we, we like got dessert from Sonic that Friday afternoon, mm-hmm. and kind of I kind of had that feeling of like, oh, I, I had you know a lot of sugar, and my throat is kind of uh, like yeah, yeah. tingly, and you're just like, oh, th- this will go away, like it has many times before. Mm-hmm. Woke up Saturday, and I was like, oh man, it's still there. Like, well, I've had you know a sore throat for a couple of days, and nothing came from it. But uh, then th- then the tiredness started to set in. Oh, and you're no. Like, oh no. So, um, you know, <laughs> we recorded, we went swimming later that day at our community oh, pool. No. <laughs> there was nobody now, there. Oh, okay. that's good. <laughs> it was just, it was just us and, you know, you know, a, a, you know, a few other people that we kept our distance from, but, uh, you know, like at the pool, I'm thinking like, oh man, this, this one might turn into a cold. Cause that's all mm-hmm. it felt like was just the cold. And then you know you slowly feel like oh, hold on, man, we will, hold, I, on hold on hold on <clears throat> we want to we want to preface this by saying Adam's been vaccinated three times three times I've yeah. spent many many an hour uh, 
recovering from that. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. We don't want to. So, you know. We don't want to spread any misinformation. I, I, I would hope that our listenership, you know, understands that kind of stuff. But just in case mm-hmm. there's some dipshit out there. It, Oh, am I am I talking to you, listener? Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm absolutely talking to you about you. But uh, right. uh, yeah, if you're if you're a dipshit out there who doesn't believe in vaccinations, what the fuck are you doing? This is the wrong show for you. Get the fuck out of here. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Adam's been vaccinated three times. Just wanted to let you know. That's why. That's why he seems to be okay now. <laughs> well, and I think later in the day on Saturday, I was just like, man, I'm feeling kind of achy, like just like, uh, this is gonna, this is rough. And then like Sunday morning, it was just like you know dead tired, and I came you know back to bed around 8 a.m or so and don was like i'm gonna give you a covid test i'm like you're so stupid why do you keep giving covid tests for no reason they're wasting tests for valuable people and unlike me who need them out there and i was like fine i've never even i'd never even done a test in all this time you haven't no because you just never had the symptoms yeah exactly so um just like fine just do it and it's gonna come back negative because you're so stupid. And- <laughs> God, I have such a stupid wife who's so stupid. Why is she always and- trying to f- stupidly take care of me? So stupid. <laughs> and then, like five minutes later, she's like, "Um, that second line is starting to, you know, kind of come in there." And it's it's, like, it's it's peaking. Like, no, in. it's not. No, it's not. You don't know. You're so stupid. <laughs> put your put your stupid glasses on, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah then like that came back and like oh what does a home test really really mean oh i'm sitting fake sitting news. here like on my bed just like man like i'm i'm, I'm just like more achy than usual it's that's all it kind of felt like at that point it was like I'm, I'm tired definitely um you have that like that thing where your your eyes like it's just like oh man if i could just close my eyes like everything would be fine and i had like a mild-ish sore throat i mean i never had like I've had severe, more severe sore throats than that. Yeah. That's Even sure. vaccinated, it, everybody, you know, experiences the symptoms differently. Yeah. So that just kind of like, unfortunately lingered throughout the day. And then um, I was just like, well, I can still work. Don's like, why don't you take days off of work? And I'm like, but I don't need to because <laughs> my job is to sit, at, you know, in the comfort of my bedroom and talk to people on the phone. Like who can't do that? <laughs> So, um, yeah, and, like you I, don't, and you don't need to do necessarily the most of the talking either. Exactly. I mean, I need to be thinking and my brain was still functioning. So that was, that not was today good. though. Not today. <laughs> took him, took him 17 minutes to get my joke. Right. <laughs> so yeah. And then just like, I talked to my manager my manager is like, well, if, if you're going to have to take, you know, COVID hours, cause we, we get like 40 COVID hours. Supplemental, so, something about yeah. supplemental sick time. Yeah. So, but she was like, you need like an official test. I was like, damn it. That means I had to like bust my ass to get over to my healthcare provider uh, and, and, and take a test. Like in the middle of my workday, I somehow squeezed this in, Ooh, in between nice. patients, <laughs> in between talking to people on the phone. It's just like drive up. And I was like, I was, the last time I saw those lines for the testing was like January when like the cars were out, you know, wrapped around the block for days and days. I'm like, oh man, I hope it's not still like that. Yeah. Luckily, there aren't that many like <laughs> testing centers around anymore. So you know, I think they've just kind of um, uh, limited them to like, yeah, like like hospitals and and clinics and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they used so, to be but, like at the fucking grocery store parking lot and like around <laughs> the corner over here, like line up, get line up to get COVID tested. You know. So yeah, luckily there was like two cars 
there when I got there and I was like, well, this is convenient. And <laughs> so they were just like, sir, you're, what did they say? They're like, all right, we're going to stick this up your nose. Please lower your mask over your, uh, over, you know, away from your nose. And I was like, okay, cool. And then like, bam, my brain is stabbed. Like, oh, ah. that hurt. <laughs> so now you forgot the color green. So, it wasn't <laughs> like they were, you know, gentle about it. It was just like, ah! <laughs> take that. <laughs> and then they were like, all right, now cover your mouth. And I was like, wait, what? Like, I, I, like, I didn't know what. With your mask? No, she said cover your yeah, she said, cover your mouth, you know, and then I was like, uh, am I covering, putting my hand to my mouth? <laughs> like, uh, no, with your mask, you idiot. <laughs> like, like you said a swear word. <laughs> right. Well, the first one they did was the, was the cheek swab. Like, I didn't know they were doing that as well. So that's oh, why like, she was like, you're getting your, remove your, you're getting your DNA test, your, in, your ancestry.com while you right. wait. <laughs> <laughs> so they were like, um, you know, remove your mask. And then like open your mouth. And I was just like, and then what master and <laughs> what, what's going on here? <laughs> so, cause I didn't know you were swabbing cheeks cause Iris has had to get swabbed numerous times and they've mm -hmm. only, you know, fought with us and finally got it up her nose for like the two seconds. So, um, yeah, they did that. And I was like, I've, of course felt miserable the whole time, like driving there yeah. and driving back and just like, uh, but you know, I got it and then waited a day and I got my results. I was like, uh, everything is officially positive at this point. So, so this is Monday. This is Monday now. Yeah. I got, well, I got the results on Tuesday. Ah. So I was just like, okay, well that sucks. And you know, like Monday and Tuesday were just again, low energy. And, but then I woke up Wednesday and I was just like, hi world. Good morning. <laughs> like what, what's the problem? What, what's going on? <laughs> like the only thing on Wednesday, there was like, like my head, like my ears were very congested and felt like I was, you know, in a bubble. So, but that was it. And well, then by great, Thursday, that, that, that was gone. And Glad it, it like, passed through you pretty quickly. Yeah. So just, and then now it's what, Saturday. So, you know, unfortunately Dawn started feeling it on, started feeling like the throat thing on Sunday. And then by Tuesday, she was like dead on the, dead to the world yeah you have to assume too especially because like covid take covid symptoms take a little while to start presenting themselves if you if you experience symptoms uh but mm -hmm. like if you live in a house with people they all have it like there's no there's no way around that so how, how's the rest of your family doing so the kids were fine until monday when Dawn went to pick up groceries and Iris threw up all over herself in the car. Oh. So we're like, oh, well, that was like, you know, everything was fine leading up to that moment. She, has she, she has your littlest one now that it's now that it's available to kids her age. Uh, are, did she, did you guys get her vaccinated yet? No, because that just like came out on June, what, 21st? Something like that. Yeah. And I caught it where I started showing symptoms on the week after. <laughs> yeah. On June 24th. So we hadn't gotten around to it yet. Oh, <laughs> that okay. was the plan. Just curious. It was, just curious. And, and Nora hasn't gotten her booster yet, but you know, she, Iris threw up that one time she had a fever on, you know, Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday. And then fever came down on Thursday. Nora started getting a fever on Thursday. Finally, she and, deserves it. and she deserves it 
being the little punk that she is. <laughs> punk ass. So, is that icy in her mouth? Fuck her. Oh, yeah, because we had given, like, like Iris a, a chewy, icy thing when she, like, fell down and hurt herself in the, in the middle of her having, you know, her temperature. And so we're like, oh, hey, let's, you know, take this out of her mouth. And then, like, immediately Nora put it in her mouth. So it's like, okay, fine. You're going to get sick. Good luck with that. You're, you're, <laughs> you're, you're not the brightest tool in the shed, as we've come to know. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I can hear your wife in the background. She sounds she sounds like she got the vid. She sounds, she sounds well angelic. into the thick of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she. I think she's gotten it worse with the coughing and, and all that, because she's still feeling it and i want to i want to see if i can look up the script that uh that that um that stupid dipshit president the last one we had when he came when he first came back to the white house uh after his which president obama yeah that's the one yeah (laughs) (laughs) when he first came back from cedar sinai after they injected it full of steroids and drugs and he Mm -hmm. he addressed the public i'm feeling great i'm feeling great don't fear the virus like i want to hear i want to i want to find that script and have dawn read it in her covid voice Everything's great. <laughs> well, now she's like six, six, or this is day seven for her. And Oof. she's still like, and she hasn't like barely left the bedroom. In this she's time. had, she's, she's had three vaccines at this point. Oh yeah. And yeah. she's, she's triple, triple dosed, um, coughing away, losing sense of smell as of yesterday. That's so. awful. That's awful. Like I, but, I, I, that, that's one of my worst fears of getting sick is like, you know, get losing my sense of smell i love my sense of I know. smell it's, it's super sensitive and like I'm i didn't s- think i didn't oh, think ahead. about how great it would be to to like not smell the disgusting things that are around you all the time you there's know, that as, yeah. you know there's like oh darn i can't smell you know french toast but it's just like oh but now i can't smell like the dog farting right next to me that's <laughs> that's a plus because my dog really unfortunately rips him like yeah. it's going especially <laughs> especially the older he gets he's just he's just a farty little fart fart right and we give like because you know the other dog eats that dog's poop yes so we like have to give them these special non-eating poop enzyme treats so unfortunately that that made he takes fart pills <laughs> well yeah i i guess so. it's more like a little a little chewy thing that they love but you know it, it, it makes carlos think like oh i don't need to eat rusty's poop because i have that enzyme already flowing through me enough so, i'm not craving the poop but you have to give like them to both dogs so that it balances out. And so unfortunately those things like have made Rusty's farts just like the raunchiest thing ever. And so we're like, Oh, let's cut it down from two to one. And unfortunately that didn't work either. So now he's, oh, he's, no. down, to, he's down to zero. <laughs> <laughs> and so like, we were thinking like, Oh, now that he's not doing that, his farts have gotten better, but Don's realizing like, Oh wait, no, maybe I just haven't been smelling them as much. <laughs> and she's much more sensitive to his farts than I am. I don't notice them nearly as much as she did. My goodness. But it's so funny because Carlos like goes out in the yard after Rusty has pooped. And then he'll like, look, he'll, he'll like look at Rusty's poop. And he's just like, like, like just thinking like, I, I, I should want to eat that, but I know I, every I everything don't. in my instincts are telling me to eat this fucking raunchy ass poop. <laughs> and he's just staring at it like like and you can see the wheels turning in his little little like <laughs> cashew sized brain. <laughs> What's going what who am I? <laughs> if I retard. don't eat the poop, am I really a dog? <laughs> am I really 
that dog or have have I reached a new phase of existence in my 13th year? <laughs> I'm so old. Do I have <laughs> COVID? Do I get the haze, the COVID haze? <laughs> so that's been our week. I've continued to work. I feel great to back to normal now. I went, I was finally able to like get out and take my walks again um, lately, even though like my 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 tenth day, which they say like that's when you're like fully clear of it, mm-hmm. is not until Monday, and then you can kind of like rejoin society as normal after you test negative, obviously. Mm-hmm. But so like the, you know the only interaction I've had is is you know walking. Um, I went to, to a drive through uh, when I was just like, oh, I should probably put my mask on now that I'm going through a drive through again, which always feels weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like so I might as well keep when- everybody else protected still. How do you think you caught it? Do you think you caught it in Vegas? Or? I don't. I. I mean, Vegas would make sense because you were it's like, like with a bunch of crowds and stuff. But like, I'm thinking like the timeline doesn't really match up. That's what I was thinking too. Because we left Vegas on Monday the twentieth, um, and then I started like barely feeling that, those effects on Friday the twenty fourth. So it's like it's in that two to five day window. I mean. The, the 18th and 19th, we were in giant crowds and in, in, in inside and in, in the casinos and everything. So like that would make sense. But then I'm just like, did I catch it somewhere else? Like, cause like Tuesday, Wednesday, I, I was in the office and I, you know, went to get food those days. That was kind of the extent of my interaction with people, um, mm. was just, was just going to get food. So, but I, I assume I'm patient zero in my house because I got it first. So, yeah, I mean, you're, you're, the, I mean, everybody, all of you guys' immune systems are all different, right? But like, uh, you're, you're the one who got better. The, the, you're the first one who got better. So, mm-hmm. it, I think it's safe to say that you're the one who passed it to everybody. I think so. I think so. I mean, on the 20th, when we were driving home and we stopped at In N Out in Barstow, like, I, I I've never seen so many people in a men's room uh, when we, when I went to the restroom and then, and then of course Iris needed to go to the restroom afterwards. So like, it's just like everything was disgusting and crowded in that you just, bathroom. You just crossed <laughs> the wrong person basically in the I last know. few days. I know. And so it's just like, Oh, here, Iris sit on this filthy toilet and here I'll, I'll get this toilet paper that who knows who touched this last. And that, you know, like any number of things and could have happened. Blew their nose right on the toilet paper roll. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and you know, you just like, you're walking around places and seeing people like, Oh, I'm, I'm going to sneeze. But like my, my arm is, you know, three feet away from my nose. Achoo. <laughs> like, like, Oh yeah. You're, you're doing a great job. Protecting yep. Yep. America. Let me just <laughs> so, take some of this paper and like put it near <laughs> a very sensitive orifice. <laughs> so other than that, I, I don't know. It could have been any number of things. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're but, feeling better. And like, like, like I said, I, I, Apologize both to you and both to the listener. I don't have a topic uh, planned today. Who needs, I just assume who needs a topic? I we have do music albums. I, that's true. We have too. music albums, and we have life-changing diagnoses of sickening proportions. Yes. Now, just don't get that long COVID where, like, you know, you're you're just going for a walk, your normal walk, and you're like, oh fuck, I'm, I feel like I just scaled a mountain. <laughs> Well, that hasn't happened the last three days. Good, so that's, good, good. That's good. Yeah, no yeah. breathing problems or anything, and no need for like Pav. Pa, what's it? Paxlovid is the one that they're talking about now. What is that? So, 
uh, that's the new the new treatment that's actually been FDA approved. Oh, so, uh, oh, it's a it's an actual like treatment. So like while if you catch it, you can take mm-hmm. it. Oh, yes, cool. and 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 like it's cutting hospitalizations by seventy five percent or something like that. Wonderful! So, oh my god, the love I love the times we live in. Thank you to all the healthcare workers and and scientists out there. Except uh, uh, Fauci is on it, and he said he had rebound symptoms even on. Paxlovid. So, but what does he know? You know, he he's doesn't just know he doesn't know anything. Okay, I like the guy who sells pillows. He knows. <laughs> he knows what I'm talking about. I know. So it's like you know, like I said last week, our our numbers are still approaching like a thousand new cases a day. Um, so that's fun. But I mean, death, now you can deaths deaths are still like drastically low. Yeah, from this. Which is good because were. most people who are catching it are, are, are vaccinated, I would hope. Yeah. Yeah. So as for hospitalizations, I'd assume those are also fairly no- low for our county as well. Yeah. It's like we haven't had more than like, I don't know, mo- most days it's like a zero death day, maybe one or two. And that's been for months now. Yeah. So I guess that's that's a positive it's been like three months of only like covid positive only one person dies from covid every day in our county mike (laughs) i mean that's that's great right (laughs) oh i'm so looking forward to seeing deaths (laughs) no but it's been in all seriousness like i'm glad you're okay and I'm, i'm i'm glad you're better like before you know uh uh, and I didn't know. know that I, I I didn't know I could pass it through Discord. That was interesting. Well, that's the thing, right? Like I'm, <laughs> I'm really nervous right now because like you're giving me them five <clears throat> oh, don't, away from the microphone, please, away from the microphone. <clears throat> no, oh, 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 okay, I'm turning this <clears throat> off. I, this is a mistake. Oh, I'm feeling bad already. <laughs> oh no. Oh, I'm feeling. <laughs> See, that was no different than like a common everyday loogie that I would that I might hawk out. So yes. You know. But I've never had to like edit out your common everyday loogies. <laughs> no, but uh, I but, I, but I'm glad you're feeling better. And uh, yeah, uh, just in time too, because like one of our friends on Discord caught it as well, and, and, or someone from his family uh, caught it and is now is now he has it. So right. Well, he said he's shit. he's he said he's mostly asymptomatic. I don't know. I don't know if you can be mostly asymptomatic you're either symptomatic or not or or asymptomatic <laughs> well i mean you didn't get the 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 uh, the loss of scent uh, loss of taste or smell correct so you just got like a mild cold it sounds like right it's low energy and, and, yeah uh, uh, again have had colds that were worse than this that throat thing that i had back in march was like 10 times worse than than this has been that was like frightening like what the hell's going on with yeah me? um and uh, yeah, it, it was basically like, you know, how we felt for the day after we got the vaccine. Um, but it was like, like, just imagine that kind of spread around four days in, 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 uh, severity, yeah. you know, <laughs> when I got my first dose, that was like a two day thing in the set in the latter half of the second day. That's like, like, I felt like, well, I don't, I don't feel sick at all. Like I literally just got up and me and mm-hmm. my wife went, went, went for a walk. It was a beautiful mm-hmm. day and it was like, it was like a nice spring <laughs> Uh, evening, like we went for a walk. Like I, as soon as I came back, I was like back to my normal self. So there you go. Yeah. And for me from 10 AM to 5 PM, the day after I got the third dose was like the worst experience of my entire life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I couldn't stand up. I was freezing like crazy. I like couldn't even unload the dishwasher. It's like, Oh my God, there's dishes to put away and I can't 
do it. Like that was worse than what this was. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy to me that like your 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 boosters are are, are hurting you more than actually mm-hmm. catching the virus. Yeah, I, I so. couldn't eat. Like I took like two bites of like soup that Don had made, and I'm just like, oh my god, this tastes so good. But I just like I can't fucking eat this right now. Yeah, and, like. I was able to eat just fine uh, during these four days. So it, it's weird. It's very well, strange. Yeah. Glad to hear it. Immune, immune systems are fucking weird, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah glad, glad you're feeling better. Hope your family feels better um, very, very soon. And to anybody out there who might be, uh, you know, struggling or has family members struggling right now, get, get, get well soon. I guess there's treatments out there now for, yes. for, for anybody who might be sitting with them would, a little bit longer. I wish they would give it a better name that doesn't sound so I don't know. Weird. Like what's Pax it called Lovid. again? Paxlovid. Like that sounds like something like like the anti-maskers. Like why won't they approve the Paxlovid <laughs> vaccine? It's Paxlovid. Not- oh, there it is. Yeah, it's easy to spell too. You know that like Invectormin or whatever the one that got controversial, the horse de- dewormer. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> YaleMedicine.org. Thirteen things to know about Paxlovid, the the COVID nineteen pill. Let's see. All right, it's a big thing. How, number one, how does Paxlovid work? Paxlovid is an antiviral therapy that consists of two separate medications packaged together. When you take your three three pill dose, two of those pills will be nerfederberberber, <laughs> which inhibits a key enzyme that the, that the COVID virus requires in order to make a functional virus particles. That's a long sentence. All right, two number two. Two, two of those pills will, will come alive and drastically try to insert themselves into your eyeballs. <laughs> the screening will subside in 30 minutes. <laughs> Number three, just let it take over your body. It's okay. <laughs> Once it's done oh, using oh, your body. I like as this. A I like, Number two, I like when, this one. when should I take Paxlovid? You have to take Paxlovid within five days of developing symptoms. Okay, that's a simple. Mm. Number three, how often do I take Paxlovid? You take all three Paxlovid pills twice daily for five days over the course that adds up 30 pills it helps that the pills are packaged in a quote dose card but basically a medication blister pack that allows you to punch out the pills as needed number four is paxlid (laughs) similar to tamiflu i think it's a good comparison says dr roberts okay let's move on Thanks, Dr. Roberts. <laughs> Can I get a Paxlovid prescription? Okay, blah, blah, 12 years and older. How does Paxlovid work? I think we just answered that already. Uh, what do we need to know about Paxlovid, how, how it works in kids? Uh, Pax, uh, uh, safety in 6 to 17. Okay, sounds good. Does Paxlovid work against Omicron? <gasps> Omicron <gasps> became predominant, but, but Pfizer says the drug works against the highly contagious variant. Hey, remember when yeah. we were all afraid of that? That's awesome. Well, now uh, now we're on like the fifteenth variation of Omicron. I know we it's ran we B- ran out B-A- of uh... <laughs> it's like B A dot five point twelve or something like that. Oh, we're just adding <laughs> adding more letters to it. Okay, cool. adding more numbers to it. Oh, sweet. <laughs> what are the side effects of Paxlovid? Altered or impaired sense of taste, diarrhea, increased blood pressure, and muscle ache. That sounds like COVID. <laughs> Take this COVID <laughs> pill to protect you from COVID. <laughs> I think I still have COVID. Nope, that's just the side effects of Paxlovid. Yeah, yeah. Can I take something for the side effects? Oh, yeah. This take take this one to protect protect you from the side effects of Paxlovid, which is protecting you from the side effects of COVID. <laughs> and I, what is the rebound effect? Uh, if I'm not eligible for Paxlovid, is there something else I could take? Yeah, horse dewormer. Uh, do I need to be up to date on vaccine if Paxlovid is available? Vaccination would be a key key part of prevention. Okay, cool. 
So but what does Joe Rogan think is the real question. Has anybody checked in with him? Uh, last time I heard he said like masks are for pussies. Uh, okay. And but then they, what does he know about Paxlovid is what I'm asking. <laughs> something about deer meat. Oh. <laughs> pack a bunch of deer meat in your freezer uh, and then and then give a platform to a bunch of quacks who um, have been disbarred from the medical from the from the medical community, but mm-hmm. you know, treat it as for if speaking it's, for speaking the truth. Just asking questions, bro. Just asking questions. I know. <laughs> so you know, there's there's that, and Fauci's taking it. So I guess that's good. I don't know. Good. Good. Good on you, Fauci. Learn how to throw a baseball. Yeah. So So like I said, uh, no main topic for this week. We're not doing a review or anything. Again, I I prior, like literally an hour ago, like I found out we were having an episode. (laughs) I didn't have my phone on me like all last night. And Adam like messaged me last night. And I was like, uh, you know, again, I didn't realize we're going to do an episode. But but, uh, yeah, so we're just checking in on Adam. Glad he's okay. But, uh, you know, follow up to last week's episode. We've been listening mm-hmm. to a lot of goddamn music. Lots uh, so of music. We didn't of, get a chance to go to go boomer. So like there, there's all that. We got that stuff on. too. All I've got are, like, are two Led Zeppelin albums in the boomer side. Okay. And we had important Conan Grays to talk about. Oh I mean, my God. I'm, I'm getting a super ache right now. <laughs> and got a, what's our feelings on Alexis on fire from last time? I think mm-hmm. that that's all the new stuff I have. Uh, yeah, on the new side, uh, Limbs, a Coma Year EP, which I think mm. you're passing on. Uh, you're yes. not a big fan of Limbs. Uh, Spirit Box, the Rotoscope EP, some new stuff that was released on June 22nd. Uh, it sure was. I'm, I'm sure in a year all those songs are going to end up on a full length, but like for now it's just a regular EP. No no word yet on any full length down the way. Uh, and then okay. technically there was a Palais Royale EP, but that's going to be on the Fever Dream Um uh, LP and, and at it, some point I, yeah apparently the only thing I can get to on Twitter is that we're gonna be happy that's that's all Remington has said well I, I was happy <laughs> I listened to the EP before I found out that there was a full length coming out like twice and I was like okay mm-hmm. I don't need to listen to this anymore and, it made, so, <laughs> and then those listens made me happy yes I was I was happy with those listens as well I gave it the full eight but uh, oh good you know like it, it, it's it's uh it's kind of it, it. It's not really pushing any boundaries. I felt like it was a little right? bit more introspective. I mean, not let the, not the not that the bas- the bastards from a couple of years ago wasn't didn't have some introspective stuff, but this one seemed mm-hmm. a little darker. Seemed a little more wow, like serious for uh, for the bastards being like all about I want to die and kill myself and stuff like so jovial. This picked up right where where I think it left off. <laughs> okay. So um that that's that's to be fair, I haven't there. listened to the bastards in like a year. So me either. But I remember like that was the ending of the album was like, all right guys, I gave you my 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 chances. Now I'm just gonna gonna disappear. Walk into the so, ocean. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was exciting to to hear about. It the the hype train is rolling, so I'm really hoping that this album ends up being good as well. Yeah, I'm sure it's I'm sure it's going to be something we're going to enjoy, especially you know, hearing these songs and hearing the direction that the album's going to go into. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, this, it's going to be great. So, uh stay tuned for that and we'll get news on that and as soon as the news comes out, I'm sure we'll talk about it a lot over in our Discord, which we'd love to have you around listener if you're not already there. You can chat with us, you can you can um, just kind of, you know, uh, uh, ghost us 
wait, that's the wrong term. You can just kind of like, <laughs> just, just, just be in there and just kind of creep. Lurk. Linger, lurk. lurk. That's the word. Thank you. I got that. I, now I got the COVID haze. Uh, just more like I woke up an hour ago. That's all. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'd love to have you around there. We, 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 we hang out pretty much like almost every day. We have a great listenership that, you know, gives us like recommendations and new songs. And we talk about, you know, new album announcements and things like that. But so if, if that sounds like something you guys would enjoy, please come along. We'd love to have you there. And we hate on Ollie Sykes for all of his features. We don't hate on him. He just, sometimes he makes <laughs> poor choices. I mean, like that video that you guys posted of him just like, uh, I don't know when we're going to release the next thing, but whatever. That, that was all it was. It was, it <laughs> Yeah, which but, is but we're going to like it. We're going to be happy. <laughs> oh, we're going to love it. Yeah, we're going to forget all about that video as soon as the next EP comes out. But it's just a shame because it's originally the plan happen. was to release four EPs in a year. And it's been two mm-hmm. years. <laughs> it's been two years and no word. Uh, and this year's halfway over. We're waiting patiently. But, well, uh, I imagine when they release the next single on July 8th, which is just this Friday, uh, mm-hmm. that uh, we're. I, I imagine that's going to come with the a release date and a name for the next EP. You'd think, you'd think, you would then, think, but then everybody keeps releasing singles with no album announcement with them. Come on. I I hate the music industry these days. <laughs> How many, like at least say we're going to release three singles and then we'll tell you when the release date will be like, we yeah, don't need some to just transparency sit. would be great. <laughs> Cause we're just like waiting, like, Oh, they released that single, but there's no album. And like, there's going to be, is there going to be another single? Oh, there's another single. Oh, but no album release date now. And I, I can't keep track. I have too many bands in my head. You guys aren't that special. Hey, like, no matter hey, what hey, band hey, you're, whoa, no, whoa, whoa. no, I'm just saying bands in general, your band oh. is not that special. Except for me if your to name just, is like, bring me the horizon. Then your band is very special. <laughs> Twitter. Maybe they will update their Twitter today. I'm just, I can't do it anymore. Yeah. It's, it's an exercise in frustration for sure. Because, you know, especially when you're a super fan of a band, right? It's like, like, just, just, just just tell us, dude, just Mm -hmm. tell us like, what's, what's the harm in telling us? It's not going to hurt your sales. If anything, it's going to make, it's going to make sales and like streams go up. Right. And like, okay. And then just so like with the 1975, they're like, okay, guys, July 7th is a date. And that's all they tell us. Yep. Here's some pictures of us looking like the Beatles in different Beatles era kind of things. Yeah. Okay, I hate this. Cool. I whatever. Hate this. It's right. not a, all right. everyone treats it like it's a fucking game and I hate it. Just fucking tell us. Uh, I know. And now it's like, here's the name of our single and the lyrics. <laughs> We're but teased. that's all you're going to get. And then there's like those fucking like six second teasers that that are a, it's basically a trailer of a trailer oh my god i hate it and here's the track listing maybe you guys like <laughs> what's, the, this? Who, what's this 11 songs adam's bets get fucked up because of this but anyway whatever i can wait and so <laughs> hey but maybe uh, that's part one adam if this album the other 11 tracks are coming later <laughs> but they're making it think like like everybody's favorite band is the 1975 and they're waiting patiently. Somebody's favorite band is the 1975. Let's be fair. Mm-hmm. I'm sure a but handful of people's favorite band is 1975. But there's, there's plenty of us who like that band, but could in all reality care less about that band who don't give a <laughs> shit about their little hype wagon that's going on right now. That's true. And I think we sit in that like sweet spot, right? Like we love their albums every time they come out, but it's like, quit fucking playing, quit fucking around, dude. <laughs> Quit fucking around. You're not special. Give me your, give me your fucking album name. 
right exactly <laughs> it was a fucking date so i'm assuming Ju- now july 7th uh, announcement will be even more exciting no it'll be some. the name and or the release of the first single no date and then they're gonna wait for the second single and then they're, <laughs> then they're gonna give a date and a name which i you know the track listing was leaked so like just fucking just fucking do it just fucking do right. it i know and just release the whole album on july 7th like you would make more sense i know Please. like what, what's with this <laughs> like what, why are we waiting anymore like we live in the digital mm-hmm. age it's not like we have to wait for the oh we have to wait for the the, the vinyl to be released that's right. that's the new that's the new hot shit <laughs> i guess so i guess so. somebody Thank out you. there is picking up the vinyl of uh i already forgot the name of the new album uh, something about like hello my name is the 1975 <laughs> and I, I don't know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna look it up i'm i'm i'm, I'm no. mad <laughs> Me too, me too. But that's fine. We have other released albums to talk about. Yes. Tell me a little bit about Otherness by Alex is on Fire. Alex is on Fire. And I'm always going to call it that because still to this day, Alexis on Fire sounds weird to me. So I'm just going to call it Alex is on Fire because for like 10 years, no, like Oh my god! Eighteen years now, <laughs> I've, I've like <laughs> named all of my like internet usernames. Mike is on fire because I think I'm right. clever. And then Alexis. shortly after, I found out it was Alexis, not Alex. <laughs> now I have this gr- I have this weird grudge against uh, Alec- Alexis on fire. Now I did not know this. You never mentioned this. To me I could before. have sworn I, I've told you this before, but yeah, I don't think so. I just was like, oh, that that's cute. Good for you, Mike. But we can call it Mike's on fire if you want. No, you no, want. no. That would no. make you feel better. Mike's is my transition name. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> when you get to that point. Yeah. Okay, when it, when ready. Eventually. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, I, you know, me and Alexis on fire go way back to 2011, 2012. True fan. The initial, initial dump bands that you gave me. Mm-hmm. I remember enjo- only their fifth album too. They've taken a long wow. break. Um, I remember enjoying them, but then also realizing that I think I might've only listened to crisis and old crows when you did this. Like I don't, when I went back and listened to the self-titled and watch out, like I, I guess obviously I remembered the, the album art for the yes. self-titled that made me mildly interested in listening to more. That's I didn't those, recognize- it's one of those rare instances too, like where I'm, I was at a alternative music store at the mall I used to work at, um, where, my, where my first job was, and then I was just kind of like looking around, like the punk session, the uh, the punk section, and then I found that you know it's right there in the A's, right? And I was like, oh, what a striking album art, and you know, being yes. of the age I was in two thousand two, two thousand three, I'm like, <laughs> so <laughs> like, it was, like, and it was, I like Catholic girls. <laughs> uh, I, I have a, I have, I have a weird repressed you know a fetish for catholic girls especially ones that are like are trying to like knife murder each other so yeah, right like, so i that's literally like, just picked it up that's your wheelhouse right there i know so i literally <laughs> picked it up solely based on the album art not knowing anything about who i thought wow. was alex is on fire at the time and then it was a very interesting <laughs> sound that like i just kind of learned to live with or well, learn to love. I'm sorry. That was a misspeak on my point. <laughs> learn to live. With. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, I'm trying to jerk off to this album art while the music is on. I'm, I guess I'm going to learn to live with it. Right, uh, right. No, but the, 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 this, yeah, the, the self-titled Alexis on Fire album is a rare instance where I've just picked it up solely on the, on the 
album art. Man, and then fell in love with the band. A, a band that didn't like do anything in the U.S. They made it to 127 in Canada. I remember um, shortly after picking up this album, though this the, the the a clip for the music video for Pulmonary Archery, which is the final song on that on that uh, album, one of their most one of their more favorite one one of their more famous songs. Um, mm. A clip of that music video was featured on Fuse in like some montage. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm cool now because like, you know, a band I like is on Fuse. Yay. Finally, finally, Fuse came to me or I am now part of Fuse. Yeah. I fused with Fuse. So that's my Alexis Um, on fire story. (laughs) So I didn't really like listen to this band over the past decade um, since that initial dump. Um, so I had to go back and re-listen to crisis and like all four of these and realize Mm -hmm. like, well, I don't know too much about the first two albums, but the second two albums I really, really liked even after all that time. It's kind of when they, um, kind of really defined their sound was in crisis, mm -hmm. uh, in in 2006, that post hardcore sound like the, like them and Thursday, like that, that's what post hardcore means to me, Mm -hmm. especially in the, the mid aughts. So, um, yeah, I, I, so I was going into otherness pretty excited, and you guys had been hyping it as well for well, several remember, months. Remember, like, Alexis on Fire is back, baby, right? Well, and yeah, not just course. back in each other's lives, <laughs> like they <laughs> announced. Uh, uh, they've, they've released a few things since their hiatus in 2011 or 12 or whatever it was. Um, um, something like that, yeah. I think it was 12. They released, like, one final, like, EP, I think. I remember we talked the, about that the on death. the... Death Letter. That's right. Yeah, it was very aptly named, uh, and I think it was like an acoustic thing, like acoustic renditions of like old songs, if I remember correctly. Uh, mm. And then when they were back, baby, uh, we're not right. just back in each other's lives. Uh, they released a couple of songs in 2019. I want to say, uh, yes. "Familiar Drugs" and "Complicit," one of which, uh, one of which, one of which was in contention for one of my f- best songs of the year. Uh, and then nothing. We didn't hear anything. Granted, you know, a worldwide pandemic kind of. Swept well, they the did world. have apparently season of the flood came out in 2020 hmm, i might have heard that i don't i don't remember that song but i, I might have like okay. it, it might it might have hit my ears at some point but um yeah, yeah kind of nothing so. we didn't really hear much of them and then finally uh 2022 we get the, the announcement that like hey our fifth album is uh finally going to be coming out and here we are so a lot of hype a lot of build up leading into this it's the same mm-hmm. members for the most part like they haven't really had like much of a member lineup change like they had a different drummer when they changed their sound to the crisis sound but like it's been the same band members which is always exciting to me like i love seeing like a, the same amount or, or these same musicians kind of change and evolve over time for the most part alexis on fire is, is that um so yeah here we are at otherness uh, yes. a lot of hype going into it adam from your perspective uh whoa 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 um how are you feeling on this album? Um, I liked it a lot. I nice. really thought it was it was a fun album to listen to. Um, I, yeah, it's how do I put it? It it's is it where you is it where you, you you would like them to be at this point? I think so. Again, because this isn't like one of my favorite bands of all time or anything, so I'm just yeah. going into it expecting like. I'm hoping that, you know, A, that they had a good time. That's the most important. (laughs) B, (laughs) that I end up enjoying a fair amount of the songs here. Um, You know, again, nothing earth shattering. um, But yeah, I think what Sans Soliel, very good song. Mm -hmm. Um, And 
yeah, the, uh, Blue Spade. I know I like that one a lot. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, it seems like it picked up, but it's it sounds like a more mature version of them since they're all like, you know, pushing 40 by this point, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I gave it an eight out of 10 altogether. I That's enjoyed a pretty this good score. Yeah. yeah. Oh, initially for me, like I was, I, you know, I, I went going into this, I didn't really know what to expect. You know, I kind of based it off of the, 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 the singles from 2019. I just kind of imagined like, oh, the, well, of course, then whatever next album or EP that they put out is going to sound just like this, because why would they put out this? Um, but the, no, this is kind of in a little bit of a different direction. The songwriting is a little bit more mature. It's a little bit more subdued. And um, I think I described it to you um, last week that it sounds like it's Alexis on fire doing city and color, writing a city and color album. And I think at this point it would be hard to not believe that. Yeah. Since obviously city and color has kept going and i've never listened to them but i believe you have right? uh yeah i mean you know being being a fan of alexis on fire of course i want to check out dallas right. green's music um but uh i mean it's 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 fine it's not like earth shattering it's just some good no? little okay. acoustic folk rock um okay th- they i mean don don listens to them oddly enough yeah so <laughs> but she, okay, she, she would there's... love the, the 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 first alexis on fire album <laughs> 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 i'm sure i'm sure she absolutely like just love r- it. always random songs come up on her on her, on her music mixes mm-hmm. of city and color and i'm like i know this band do i need to listen to them I've, I've never heard anything in that mix that was just like wow that's so good but man all of his albums go to number one in canada so yeah cool. and he had yeah. a song that like kind of broke worldwide like it was a very very worldwide famous song and i can't think of the name at the moment um mm-hmm. I'm, but i'm sure like once i hear it like, it'll it'll like trigger that nostalgia but yeah i mean dallas green is like tasted that mainstream success at at at, mm-hmm. at at least so it's really cool that you know for him to go back to the to the alexis on fire well and kind of stretch those creative muscles again um mm-hmm. but it does sound like it's a heavy version of that um, which is not a bad thing it's just you know not what i was expecting it just it just sounds like this band is doing a cover version of another music project um mm-hmm. so it was so it threw me off a bit and it took a little it took a couple more listens to kind of, for me to kind of acclimate it to it, but I'm right there with you. Like I, I really enjoy it. It's not my favorite Alexis on Fire album though. That still goes to Crisis, um, of course. Yeah, Crisis is just incredible, and, and you know another 2006 album, of course. Um, but of uh, course. <laughs> but this 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 is a cool um, reinvention of their mu- of of their sound. Like if, if this band continues, I can't imagine if they will or not. It, it, it's kind of up in the air. Again, I don't follow this band. Uh, really on their social media is just kind of like you know i i see it i see an instagram post every now and then but um so i don't know if like they're planning to continue making music under this brand name um i know that um is it george who does the screaming vocals i think he's like in um it's wade oh it's wade, wade i'm wade, sorry uh wade wadelman yeah because he's in gallows now as well so um mm. I, I know that band is still going on um but uh yeah dude like it's 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 still really good stuff uh it it might throw you off if you're a longtime fan of theirs but i think just stick with it and just kind of you know catch those really interesting like the like the creepy synth is like really uh when you hear that kind of throughout now like the creepy synth sound is just it's just like it permeates throughout each of the songs i did feel like some of the songs were a little long in the tooth 
particularly that that final track didn't really need to be that long just it was really, pretty long yeah but yeah so yeah 50 minutes that is kind of a uh, kind of excessive but yeah i don't know it seemed it seemed to work i didn't feel it was too long all the yeah time. i kind of felt like they're kind of going in the in it like more of a thrice direction now like modern day thrice like this is the, mm. the precursor to them sounding like beggars at some point um which would be great like i'd love to hear their version of like visu or beggars at some point but uh but uh this yeah this is this is really interesting otherness is a is is, a, is an interesting album um do you think this might hit your top 20 it's very possible it'll hit my top 20. Nice. So yeah. That's that. what I'm thinking too. I, I'm thinking high, high, high honorable mention for me, uh, possibly in the creeping into the top 10. If I, if I continue to, if this album continues to grow on me, uh, but uh, yeah, check out otherness by Alexis on fire. It, l- luckily it lived up to the hype. Yes. Not many albums this year have. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we're moving into a good place with music right now but I could be wrong. I've been fooled before. In what way? Like you're kind of like, uh, like the, the, the bands that you like are, are putting out good music. <laughs> well, yeah. The, the, the more current stuff seems to be a little bit better. So oh, okay. I'm happy to see that thus far because this Conan Gray album kind of kicked me in the nuts. It kind of kicked you in the nuts. So I think you and I are kind of opposite on our feelings with Conan on, on both the Conan Gray um, albums. So for Kid Crow, I liked a lot. I thought the songwriting there and the catchiness of it was was uh, was like it hit me pretty well. For you, not so much. And then for this album, I felt like the songwriting wasn't as strong as Kid Crow, but you really did. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Why don't you talk a little bit about Super Rake from our son, uh, Kid Crow? <laughs> <laughs> he is our son, isn't yeah. he? This is this is the perfect amalgamation of you and I. <laughs> yep. So yeah, I, th- I, I guess I haven't listened to Kid Crow in a, a while. Right. I guess probably since 2020. Um, and that one seemed much more like a young teenage boy writing songs in his bedroom about other boys not liking him. Because and, that's what it was. <laughs> oh, a, oh, it was that's exactly Sorry. what it was. <laughs> um, so yeah, I can't really compare the two too much because I haven't listened to it in a long time, but it, it just, it seemed juvenile. That's all I can recall. Because a now. young boy wrote it from the perspective <laughs> of a young boy, Adam. <laughs> and this one seemed to go deeper. This seemed to go deeper with the, with, with the feelings. It wasn't so like, just kind of dumb sounding. Um, I thought, you know, yours was a very beautiful power ballad mm-hmm. right there. Um, People watching, you mentioned that one last week. Yeah, still um, my just, favorite song on this album. I love it a lot. It, it just seemed to go deeper with, you know, where he is as the troubled, young, depressed man that he's turning into um, that maybe he can improve upon as he gets towards his thirties. But um, yeah, it just, it just seemed like, These were songs about depression and relationship problems not written by a teenager. Yeah, from like that Gen Z point of view. Yeah, but man, this is like the first mature thing I've heard from a Gen Z type of artist, Mm. I think. Right? I mean... I'd have to think back, but like, (laughs) I mean, is Halsey Gen Z? (laughs) She writes Mm. music for Gen Z. I guess so. Oh man, by the way, I guess we can talk about her later, but... um. Yeah, she's in Sing 2, which is weird. Anyway, she's in Sing 2? 
Yes, that that Yo. movie finally made it to Netflix, and my daughter is in love with it. And get paid. I had no bro. idea Halsey was in that that movie, but her song in there is is awful. <laughs> so I'm like telling I, my wife and child, like, no, she writes songs that don't sound anything like this and are much better. <laughs> yeah, I want to I want to hear you explain to your eldest about like how her how her her latest album is about is about like the beauty and the horrors of femininity. <laughs> It's more about like if we just click over to HBO Max real quick, we can see. Yeah, her yeah. Naked show for her like <laughs> fifty minutes. Show her her merkin. <laughs> Do you want to see pr- her pregnant and naked for like a long time? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to Conan Gray. Um, yeah, so you weren't feeling the the, the mature ish songwriting on here? No, I did, but like, but as far as like the catchiness factor of a pop album. Like I felt like Kid Crow is a little bit stronger in that on that point of view. I do really okay. like that the the mature songwriting here. I do like that he's sharing a little bit more about his personal life uh, instead of making up stories about some sweater. But uh, uh, <laughs> exactly, I, it exactly. might be a true story. I don't know. It just seems like a hokey. But like you know, astronomy is, is, is I feel like the Heather of of this album. I don't really yes. I don't like astronomy at all, which upsets my daughter every time I let her know. But she because oh. she loves that song. She loves all the I- singles. Like other than it having a, a little bit of a Heather chorus, like I thought that song was still pretty good. Oh, okay. And Family Line. Holy shit. Yeah. Wasn't expecting this. And like for some reason, like it feels genuine. Like it could easily go into like, what does this little fucking kid know about <laughs> about life? But then it's like, no. You can't he, be sad, he, little kid. You're in your early twenties. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but this one's like if this is true, he freaking like knocked it out of the ballpark on yeah that he nailed song. it like but yeah so family line is a great song it's a great wow like i haven't heard a song like about like how much i don't like my father that powerful mm-hmm. since early mm-hmm. senses fail damn which yeah. you know the, the you know buddy's old lyrics is a lot more are a lot more violent and a little bit more um um abstract but this you're right if there's there, there's a genuine sense of dread in some of the lyrics in super ache um so like mm-hmm. it did you know that that heartbreak that heartbreak kind of album art right there really like speaks to a lot of the the, the songs that are written here mm-hmm. and again uh you know co-wrote co- co-written with dan nigro again though which he collaborated right. with on the first album so very smartly co-collaborated with him on the on the follow-up so i hope mm-hmm. that uh, whatever olivia varigo does for the, her second uh, outing it's got as, me ex- it's got me excited for her next album that's for yeah because sure. they, they kind of <laughs> her uh her and uh, conan gray kind of f- very similar um career path i guess you know olivia's a lot more successful of course but like as far as their career path goes like you know they have the same um co-writer and producer um they, they their their albums are kind of about the same thing like kind of set you know sad right. boy sad girl stuff from that perspective uh, they're similar in age as well uh, I, I just hope that she doesn't write a song like Family Line on her next album. Because you like, know her father? <laughs> you know her father feel, on a personal level? I, I had I had that thought and I was like Yeah, yeah. But she said in her Disney documentary <laughs> that her dad was, you know, the only one that could speak truth to her. Oh. So th- there was that. <laughs> so well, then, we'll then you would know from <laughs> from a personal perspective, like, hey, wait a minute, this song isn't genuine. That's true. Zero That's true. out of 12. Um, 
so yeah, Family Line I think was a huge standout. I thought Summer Child was, was an interesting song because I didn't care for that song until I just kept on listening to it and listening nice. to it. Um, and yeah, Memories, The Exit, like to end it out. Man, these are some good tracks. That's really cool that you're it. coming around on uh, on Uncone and Gray. I thought I thought you know because you really didn't like Kid Crow like almost mm-hmm. much at all. Like you were I was just expecting gonna, to hate this. Yeah, you were but just going to ex- like pass this over. But this is. Know? this is what pop artists need to do. Like, you know, give us your rough draft on your first album and then hit us with the good stuff from there on. Like you, <laughs> if you don't progress from there and you can't just stay bedroom pop forever. Yeah. Learn uh, your lessons, especially Claro. If you're, yeah. Well, <laughs> Claro, Claro, made, too. Claro made the huge mistake, <laughs> but this is, this one. Yeah. Definitely was that step up. Yeah, you can tell that Conan Gray is really trying to push for more artistry than popularity. And I think that's a mm. great place for him. Like, he doesn't mm-hmm. need to, you know, I don't know him personally, of course. I don't really know much about him other than what my daughter tells me. But, like, he doesn't have to be, like, the biggest pop artist in the world, right? Like, leave that to, you know, the Beyonce's and the Taylor Swift's of the world. So, like, maybe make, maybe make your niche audience the ones that, you know, will deep dive into your music and maybe the ones that will kind of take a closer look at your lyric, your your lyrical content and like, and relate to them in, in, in the way that you can as, as an artist, you know, you don't have to be at the Olivia Rodrigo's level as much as I'm sure since you guys are personal friends, like I'm sure as much as I'm sure you were like, because they hang out all the time. So I, I, my daughter like shows me all those pictures on TikTok or videos on TikTok of them. just hanging out, which is cool. Mm -hmm. You know, yes. Dan Agro's over like, he's, hey, you kids, now kiss. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I agree with that. So I, I was just reading that Kid Crow, uh, you know, debuted at number five and then immediately dropped to 86 Ooh. in week two, which Ooh. was like the, the biggest free fall of like all time <laughs> or free something fall. like that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's okay, a shame. Not- Maybe not of all time, because I think Rise Against Rise Against had a similar drop on one of their albums. I remember. <laughs> yeah, Rise um, Against isn't one of those bands that are just going to can well not not anymore at least they're not they're not gonna, they're not going to continue to grow as a uh, as far as their fan base goes. So I'm kind of shocked at at hearing that about Kid Crow. It's like because I, I, I feel like that one has the but more then accessible it, it, one. It, it jumped up because right after that they released Heather. And then it like stabilized around sixty from what oh, I okay. For eight weeks, it stayed around sixty. <laughs> oh, okay. That's pretty interesting. Good. <laughs> yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, we've we've Sorry. never done that, so you know we can no, be like, <laughs> no. maybe someday, <laughs> one day, one day that Drive By Curious album is gonna it's gonna hit the mainstream. As soon as as soon as it hit TikTok, as soon as it hits TikTok, we'll be we'll never have to work another day in our life, Adam. That's right. Someday. He went gold in America and platinum in Mexico. Nice. I love it. So I think Olivia like, like killed everybody after that, you know, with her debut album Mm -hmm. from this generation. But no, if this is where music is going, then I'm going to be happy with that. Yeah. And and I'm glad that uh, there are, you know, modern day young pop artists out there that are still writing music. That's not, I'll say it vapid. Right, it's it's not like just trying to reach the 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 lowest common denominator just so we can get popular. You can tell that there was heart and soul written behind some of these songs, and like a real effort was put into making these songs relatable to certain people, not everybody, just certain people. Right. 
which is what I love to see. So good on you, Conan Gray. And I'm glad, Adam, on your end, too. I'm, I'm glad that you're coming around on this artist as well. I knew there was something special in here. And mm-hmm. I wouldn't have recommended Kid Crow if I didn't think there was something special, especially with his like storytelling and his songwriting. There you go. Cool. All right. Well, is that all for, for new stuff? Um, At this point, we got... I got nothing for two weeks and I'm kind of happy about that. I don't, I don't want to listen to anything new for the next couple of weeks. Well, this Friday we're crossing our fingers that tiny moving parts releases that album that was leaked, but it's not not going to likely not going to happen unless they just dump it. They might just dump it. Like I I would love that. That would be great, but they're on tour right now. So I, I have no idea. Yeah. Who knows? Posting pictures of, of wild bill at Buffalo wild wings so <laughs> what <laughs> wild Seriously? bill is there is their drummer with the mustache oh that guy the mustache ride guy <laughs> yes so i mean that guy you know we're gonna get those allegations again, again very soon <laughs> for now for now i guess we'll we'll listen to the album whenever it comes out but i don't think it's coming out anytime soon we might get a, another single because there are another one that just released a single recently right or yes well, well both both hot mulligan and tiny moving parts have released singles recently man are they sa- the same band they might as well be at this point i think so yeah mm-hmm. uh, really quick before we move on to boomer stuff and then our listeners can turn this off <laughs> i'm just kidding I, I i have seen like a lot of like uh on spotify specifically um a, a lot of drop-offs and the last part of the show so like hey it's okay <laughs> it's all right <laughs> that's why we keep it at the last segment of the show uh coma year by limbs so i know you haven't jumped in on this one this is a seven track ep uh kind of the follow-up to father son in 2018 i want to say that was a wow, long was a time long ago time ago yeah wow but in between there this band has kind of released uh one-off singles and um just kind of like you know dual singles and stuff which kind of get folded into this but um this is a a little bit more subdued when compared to father son uh and kind of a little bit more progressive i don't really have too much to say about it it's not like the greatest thing i've ever heard but um you know as far as that heavy alternative rock post hardcore sound goes um this is right up the alley man like it's 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 really good it's probably not mm-hmm. going to meet my top 20 of the year but like it's just, it's just really enjoyable and it was a nice kind of break from all the the, the, the pop and stuff the, the pop stuff that i've been listening to lately so yeah check it out if you're interested it's called coma year seven tracks it's not too long um, and it's 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 good <laughs> that's all i really have to say about it but, uh yeah uh july is looking to be pretty light which is pretty good uh mm-hmm. when, when compared to like i'd rather have a light but solid month of releases than like a bunch of crap um, that was mm-hmm. just kind of dumped on us. Um, but, right. uh, yeah, this past Friday, we didn't really have anything. That's, that's usually in like March and April. It seems usually, like. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we did get some recommendations I'm reading here on, uh, discord. So some of our listeners might be listening to this Ben quad, uh, kind of sounds like moving parts, I suppose. So they had released an album this past Friday camp trash. Uh, apparently Brian Fallon has been hyping them. Um, a sad camp girl trash. indie stuff called mama. Uh, M-O-M-M-A. Uh, people seem to be hyping that, apparently. Blood hmm. Command. This band sounds to me if Paramore made post-hardcore. Now, that's intriguing. Uh, Mothica. Dark alt-pop. Sounds like it's going to be right up my alley, which is, shit, which is shit that I like. And then a band that I'm familiar with, The Deer Hunter. Haven't listed this band in a year, but I might check this out. So that's a band I've always heard of, 
never checked out myself. So uh, I guess there is some stuff out there if you guys are interested in checking any of that stuff out. I guess I might check out like Blood Command and Mothica. Those sound like the most interesting things on right. this list to me. And maybe, and and maybe Camp Trash from if Brian Fallon that likes it. sounds interesting. So Brian Fallon and I have generally liked similar things. Mostly yes, one day you'll music, be his best friend. But- you're get, you're I don't there. want to be. I have no desire. <laughs> Keep him at a safe distance <laughs> where he can still create music. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, of course, Daniel's recommendation of the week, oh. Coheed and Cambria. <gasps> I have heard that you guys have been checking this out. This was released two Fridays ago uh, with their Vaxis, new album. Vaxis Act 2, colon, A Window of the Waking Mind. Oh my now, God, I realized kill me. <laughs> I've been, I've been like... Uh, confusing this band in my head for many years with Kill Switch Engage. Oh, I kind of just very ass- different band. <laughs> I kind of just assumed they were very similar sounding bands. Um, so, man, um, uh, so jumping into this with no experience whatsoever about anything related to this band, realizing they've had 20 year history now, um, this is, the, the, I, I can't find anything wrong with this. Ooh. <laughs> so, I, I don't know your history with this band. But um, this was a band that was pretty popular in the mid to late aughts. And I jumped mm-hmm. in at In Keeping Secrets of Silent Earth 3 uh, because there was a couple of big singles like, on there uh, called Blood it's like Red. Album number two or three for them. Correct. Yeah. Called uh, A Favor House Atlantic, which is like one of their most famous songs. Like you probably would, you, you'd probably recognize that song if you heard it. Uh, and then there's another song, Blood Red Summer, which I thought was really, really good. Uh, mm. Because I wasn't like really acclimated to this progressive sounding alt experimental right. alt rock. It's very, it's it's progressive, that's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> even back in 2003, like <laughs> I, I do like those two songs a lot. But in between, like there's all this weird um, abstract experimental stuff that like I just didn't like listen to at the time. Uh, I never mm-hmm. really went back to it, but I kept like this band was always on my periphery and they always mm-hmm. put out like big singles here and there just to kind of coincide yeah. with some big, um, you know, the, the, whatever the next album was. But, and then listening and then hearing that like, Oh, Claudio Sanchez, the, the front man and like kind of the, the main create the, the main creative behind this band, like, Oh, he released a novel to go inside with this fucking album because there's a huge like sci-fi backstory to it that Thing. you need to know. And then there's a there's a companion comic book with it as well. And it's like, wow, it's like a full-time job so this following is like, this dude. It's like Poppy and Lights rolled into one. Absolutely. Yeah. But also, you know, uh, on psychedelics. <laughs> well, lights take lights take psychedelics too so well, whatever yeah, they all do you think they poppy do. doesn't take psychedelics come on <laughs> she's a normal human being <laughs> sure she's so normal <laughs> man and just to give <laughs> you an idea if you're unfamiliar with coheed and cambria their third album is called good apollo i'm burning star, I'm burning 4, star 4 volume, volume one, 1 from fear through the eyes of madness okay okay well that's fine whatever their fourth album is called good apollo I'm Burning Star 4, Volume, volume two. 2, No World for Tomorrow. Yes. <laughs> All right. But that's the last one. Uh, there's no Volume 3, so <laughs> at least you can let it go after that. So if <laughs> like that you let go of those characters, whoever yeah. those character arcs are, you can move on as you go to Year of the Black Rainbow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if that already sounds exhausting to you, that 
is where I'm at for like okay. Colgate and Cambria. Like I jumped Did in you... because I really liked a couple of big singles at sec- at the second album. I just never really jumped back in because thinking about it makes my brain hurt. Not in a bad I, I... way. Not in a bad way. I'm, it's just it just feels overwhelming to be like, okay, I like this album, but like, do, would I really like it more if I've read this uh, if I read this fucking novel? <laughs> probably not. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? So I I can say at least you know me and Tom I don't think have any history with this band. If you jump into uh, Vaxis Act Two, uh, you will not be disappointed because again I, I I didn't even know what this guy sounded like or what this band sounded like but this seems to be a very cohesive journey of an album with some very you know good hooks and pop elements Mm -hmm. mixed in with it's not like overly technical genty guitar work that i was expecting you know that gets boring over time so uh you know, if you, if, if you got the 53 minutes to spare. <laughs> yeah. I've heard, I've heard nothing but good things from you guys. So, <laughs> excuse me. It's happening. <laughs> that, Stop five, it, Mike. that 5G dude. Paxlovid. <laughs> <laughs> Let me take my Paxlovid. Okay. 30 pills. Okay. I'm good to go. Uh, <laughs> so I've, I've heard nothing but good things from you guys over on discord. Yeah. So I think it's time for me to jump into since we have like a bit of a musical lull here in a, a, the weekend I mean, you, of you, July 1st. The, the album art itself was it's just like so epic it's like it is this lo- a movie or is it this looks a, like some album? weird uh because that looks like uh kate blanchett over in the top left corner over there and it looks like idris alba yes. in the top right corner right <laughs> so i'm just like well this is gonna be character driven isn't it like this almost feels like like jim steinman for the, for the 20s here <laughs> absolutely so, um and the the track that daniel posted love murder one was like now that i've listened to it like six seven times whoo what a good song that song mm-hmm. is like great that could be a top top 12 contender right there for Ooh. me so um yeah like every th- this is kind of something i need to experience I, if, so i need to go back and re-listen to everything Ooh, I know you're not, gonna dive in not, to the claudio sanchez <laughs> cinematic <more>? universe dude <laughs> i mean i know not everything is is connected but i'm like now i'm interested if i could jump into poppy lore for three albums four albums i might as well jump into this <laughs> nice dude well i mean like this is a lot more than like you know, know. four albums worth of poppy lore but <laughs> i know that's true <laughs> 30 minutes each on those albums but yeah uh yeah it's just like if i continue to enjoy this i'm already on out tr- uh, listen six and digging it quite a bit I might as well jump into the previous stuff. Wow, you're gonna jump in, dude! All right, I'm excited to hear this, uh, to hear it from your perspective too, and to see if you can, just from the musical perspective, see if you can piece together all of these weird, like uh, you know, universes and. um, I and I don't have any interest in that. I just want to know if the music is good first, and then I might go further into the, the the lore, but you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, it's hard. I I imagine it's hard not to, you know, think about that kind of stuff too. Cause what what, what am I trying to say? Like, like if, if, if these are like concept, I'm sure every single one is a concept album. Like you're going to hear references to certain characters or certain themes or certain, you know, lore stuff. So like, Mm -hmm. I'd, I'd be interested to hear like from your point of view, if you're able to piece all of that just from listening to the albums. Yeah, me too. Because spanning twenty years of things, mm-hmm. and 
yeah, whatever the hell the armory wars are. I need to figure that out. It sounds like <laughs> some weird, stupid show on like the Discovery Channel or something. <laughs> I know. So, you know, at least at, at least this is out there. And oddly enough, this scene kind of like latched onto it, at least in the in the mid 2000s. Mm-hmm. But it seems like it like their albums chart very highly. Um so they got it. They got very f- devoted fan base. Yeah, they definitely so. do. And 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 this, this this seems like the type of band that would have that, right? Like the, the, the mm-hmm. very dedicated bunch of weirdos who like just feed into like <laughs> another weirdo's art. And like, right. I, and I love that. I love that. Like Claudio Sanchez like has that outlet, and he's and he's pretty mm-hmm. successful at it. Yeah. So if if everything is as cohesive on the previous albums cohesive as this one and seems Camry, to be. There you go. <laughs> then, then I will be in for a fun journey. But I guess we'll figure that out. So you starting this week here. with the with, with your with your uh, Coheed and Cambria journey? I'll pr- probably yeah uh, on Wednesday. I'll, nice, I'll jump dude. into the first three albums. All right, so I'll I will jump in then at um, Vaxis Act at Vaxis Dash Act Two colon A Window of the Waking Mind. Hmm it's got a great title rolls right, right off the tongue <laughs> if, if i'm going to listen to something called a scoring the end of the world and and be impressed by that mm-hmm. like, like this just falls into that same vein <laughs> absolutely <laughs> so um all right cool are we ready to go back in time let's go back in time so i got six black sabbath albums to discuss Fuck. as well. And then you, we got two Led Zeppelin albums to discuss, yes, right? Okay. So yes. Black- or did you want to finish off your uh, Bob Dylan journey as well? Oh, well, you know, I, I've, I, I listened to the desire album, which was the one after blood on the tracks. This, this album, like I said, two weeks ago or last week, whenever it was um, is, is good. It's not like as great and, 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 emotionally heavy as blood on the tracks but this is like him really songwriting everything is there his his stage production is overt he's got a violin on this album which is great this is the one that has um the hurricane on it which is one of the greatest songs ever written did you ever listen to that song possibly okay i meant to post it um but give that song a listen at some point because it tells that story of reuben the hurricane harder carter um and you know it was framed for murder and went to jail for freaking 20 years until he was finally released um and yeah bob dylan wrote an entire eight minute song about it yeah you mentioned yeah you brought you brought that one up yeah um and yeah that closing track sarah whoo man to know that he wrote that song when he was still with his first wife um they divorce the year after, but he like the, there's a story in the studio. It was recorded in one take, and he brought her into the studio and was like, "This one's for you." And it's like this perfect love song Ooh. that you would. Th- th- it's almost like a you know we can make it, girl. We can make it. We're gonna be okay. And then it that's just, a lot you know, of pressure you're putting on me, Bob Dylan. <laughs> and and, the, and then their relationship fizzles out shortly thereafter. But they had a moment of of reconcile after that song. So um, 
yeah, and he, he makes reference to their children. He makes reference to writing Sad-Eyed Lady of the Lowlands about her, which is on the Blonde on Blonde album from like 10 years prior at that point. And for a guy who like never wanted to go into details about who his songs were about or certain things and the media just kind of came up with their own interpretations. Like that was one of the few times where he, like it was actually specific. Like I, cause he says in there, I, he, that he was writing that song for her as he's like reminiscing about their relationship. So I did post that song and I posted that if a relationship cannot endure itself when the song is written about it, then there is no such thing as true love. Yeah. Yeah. Opinion. You posted that like a <laughs> couple of weeks ago. Fuck that song. Is. <laughs> Woo. It's good. And I, I had heard it before and I don't know where I, I don't remember my mom like cranking that out. It must've been on a greatest hits album somewhere, but it doesn't seem like it would was... be like a radio jam either, you know? Yeah. So I, I know I heard it. I don't, I, I wish I knew from where, but it was really fun to read establish myself with that track so very cool i'm gonna take a break from bob dylan if i want to go back and re-listen to the 25 remaining albums i will someday but i'm not gonna do it right now <laughs> i got That's a lot of work yeah i got a lot of claudio sanchez to absorb here in the near future <laughs> you got another maniac to follow right now <laughs> Because I can go on for days about Black Sabbath. There is so much documented about this band on Wikipedia. And also the fact that all four of them have written autobiographies. And Wikipedia was nice enough to take snippets of all four of their <laughs> accounts of everything that went on uh, and, 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 re- and cut and paste it into right, that. Nice. So do we want to talk about Led Zeppelin first? or <laughs> no, Let's save Led Zeppelin for the end, since that's something we're going to share. Okay. Okay. So Black Sabbath is, I don't know, an interesting band. I don't know if you've heard of them much. Pretty heavy. I pretty heavy. I assume. <laughs> yes. Um, this was the, the the prequel to the Osbournes reality TV show, right? <laughs> prequel to the Osbournes, which was the launching point for the used. So, yep. you know, like, like the, it all comes full circle. Eventually. There would be no in love and death. If there was no Black Sabbath. That's what we're trying to say. Right. (laughs) And boy, would there be like no other bands practically if there wasn't Black Sabbath. Because when you listen to these albums, you're just like, wow, there would be no grunge. Yeah, the proto heavy metal. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So yeah, they were a bunch of kids when they released their first album in 1970. Um, All of them were like 21, 22. Um. The, the, their debut album, Black Sabbath, self-titled with yeah, their the, opening track, Black, Black Sabbath. Sabbath. Yeah, that's the only <laughs> thing I know about the, the, about this band is that they're, they're the first track on their album called Black Sabbath by the band Black Sabbath is called Black Sabbath. <laughs> right. Which I thought was fucking uh, badass. Because like, uh, I think they'll, maybe the 1975 maybe have taken yep. that inspiration as well, right? I think so. That would make sense. So yes, October 16th, 1969. Again, Man, if nice. you... If you like metal music, like you need, you need to hear some of the, the the early days, obviously like this is the more like darker Led Zeppelin sound. Like you can definitely make the comparisons of like, which came first, Jimmy Page or Tony Iommi. Um, 
but the, the, this this album is really really interesting um and mo- and the hits are on here the black sabbath track is a big hit for them nib which is the iconic bass riff very quaint so, for today's uh you know, know point of view but i'm sure for at the time i was like what you could right. do that with bass bro <laughs> so um yeah like the, the, these albums are a few on songs but long on minutes i guess we'll put it that way so uh, again like iconic in its own way so I, I i highly recommend the the first and second albums here i mean i I recommend most of this stuff. It's all really good in its own way. Um, it's hard to do it on my grading scale because it's like, oh, this is like a five out of seven, or this is like, <laughs> right. it was, but um, it's still worth listening to. It it still sounds kind of like 1969, but like everything was more psychedelic at this point. Right. So, which is all going to bring up for um, Led Zeppelin? Like they're they're a little bit more on the psychedelic point of right. uh, side of like that that kind of hard rock heavy metal sound because you got like led zeppelin 2 that came out this same year um and let's see where the doors at this point were at like waiting for the sun was a uh, and that was like their very psychedelic album as well so you know like that was that was being pushed but um but with this one it was like the 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 management like f- figured out like well everything else has been done except to push like the satanic element. So I, I watched some interesting kind of like uh, non-sanctioned documentaries on YouTube about this era of the band and kind of how the lyrics were not very satanic. The lyrics were very Christian more than anything. I know, they just but sound this, satanic because the guitars yes. are distorted. <laughs> right. And then the record label was like, well, let's push this because like nobody's done it yet. It was kind of like the last taboo thing to kind of push at the time. And the band, like, you know, even though they were like, well, we're not really satanic, but like, it <laughs> sounds good. We want to sell albums and stuff. So they're like, oh, here's, let's put these inverted crosses on our albums and always dress in black and wear like crucifixes around our neck and, you know, obviously push that whole image kind of thing. So, you know, that, that worked for them. Um, moving into the Paranoid album, which came out in June of 1970. So wow, within a year. Yeah, six almost yeah, eight months basically. So this one kind of like like catapulted them a little bit more. Obviously, the the paranoid is on this album. War Pigs, Iron Man, um, are are all on this album. So that like really pushed them quite a bit. This album is is good. Kind of like their breakout I, album. I think so. Like this one, this one was definitely the breakout album and they were like on TV and touring like crazy. Um, the track electric funeral on here. Um, I, I almost wanted to have you listen to the beginning of that track and then listen to the beginning of dirt by Alice in chains. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> if you have the time, would you like to, to, to quickly, uh, YouTube, uh, those two tracks yeah, just to, me, just to me... see, just to see like, was there like, did Allison chains just completely uh, plagiarize their entire existence? <laughs> All right. Let's see. Black Sabbath with the song electric, electric funeral. funeral. All right. Go ahead and keep talking while I listen to the first few seconds. Okay. Of this. 
So you, you got your war pigs that everybody was like parent was like all crazy about. Um, you know, that, that song was all anti-war. And I, I learned that Geezer Butler, the bassist, was the one who did most of the lyrics. Oh, interesting. Ozzy didn't yeah, so Ozzy didn't write too much of the lyrics then? No, he didn't really start writing things until album five, oddly enough. So um so, yeah, are you there? So just on first impression, like that that riff very very familiar uh <laughs> and then let's go down to alice Dirt in by alice chains, chains. one of my favorite songs by that band <laughs> it's just like oh somebody borrowed a lot from this era didn't they <laughs> yeah there it is <laughs> so it's, it's just like an like, oct- it's just like an octave higher Mm-hmm. Like, yeah it's it's very very similar similar cadence Cause too yeah because jerry's goes yeah they just added like those couple notes just to make it legally distinct mm-hmm. <laughs> and they and they put the like sean is playing the uh ride symbol the ride symbol so it's like tink, 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 tink. like you hear that you hear the ride over it yeah um and like the tempo the is funeral slightly is... faster <laughs> than the black sabbath version Right. Electric Funeral is like, bow, 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 bow. It's just, it's, it was amazing to listen to that and just be like, wow, I, I hear so many of my favorite bands in this band. <laughs> you got your Metallicas and your Soundgardens and all that stuff would not have existed, I guess, if not for Tony Iommi. Talent doesn't so. exist, man. Like like three bands invented every riff that you've ever heard mm-hmm. in your entire life. <laughs> so to, to to get into like the dynamic that Tony Iommi and and Geezer Butler had uh, with that like wall of sound that they kind of produced, especially getting into uh, Master of Reality album three. Um, by the way, Paranoid, a very good album. It's got all those hits on there. Um, I gave it like a five out of eight. Probably Tony so, Stark's yeah. favorite album probably <laughs> which yeah iron, iron man. man you're right yeah <laughs> so then master of reality is like oh hey finally an album i'm kind of not familiar with which is good and, and this is where the band says they hit their their like sweet spot like for them like things are rolling good they were you know famous and they had like all, all the money and they were just like and all of the creative juices were just flowing so like Master of Reality is kind of like sonically pr- production wise, like where they feel like they also hit their their sweet spot there. So I knew the track Sweet Leaf from the radio and Children of the Grave. Oddly enough, I had heard on a uh, Ozzy Osbourne live album from his solo days. It was more of like a Randy Rhodes tribute album. Mm-hmm. where I, I didn't realize that Ozzy was always playing children of the grave at his live set. So it was children of the grave with Randy Rhodes on guitar, which was, was always really cool. But now to like, kind of listen to the original version um, was really, really fun. Um, and I know even I, I, I also heard that John Frusciante said like the sound that they were going for on stadium Arcadium was basically what they were trying to reproduce from master of reality. Oh, really? Um, just with that, like that, again wall of sound so this album is really really good um if anybody wants to check that out as well i'm trying to think like how to describe it like this was the first one that they said that tony iomi uh did the detuning again nobody had really deep 
nobody had done detuning prior to this. And this is 1971 that this album came out. And basically he, he lowered the tuning because he's, he's missing part of his finger on his, on his ring oh, finger. And so hitting those become, power chords might be a little difficult. So drop the detuning. Right. You need to, you can use less fingers to produce a similar mm-hmm. sound. Yeah. So, um, turn, tuned uh, one and a half steps in an effort to reduce string tension, thus making the tar- guitar less painful for him to play. Interesting. Pain was a res- was a result of a factory accident years earlier in which he had the tips of two of his fingers severed. The down tuning also helped the guitarist produce what he called a bigger, heavier sound. And then geezer Butler, the bass player also down tuned his bass to match Iomi and it helped with the sound too. <laughs> so um, fast forward like 40, 50 years later where there's a little bit too much reliance on that yes. drop, <laughs> drop, drop detuning. So then it got to the point where we tuned every we tuned even lower to make it easier vocal wise, but Ozzy would then sing higher, so it sort of defeated the object. <laughs> so again, there's so much information about all these little like nuancey kind of things about this band because again, they have four autobiographies to take from. So um, yeah, and and you know, Smashing Pumpkins, obviously Soundgarden, Nirvana, like all of them were influenced heavily by this album and, you know, even for Shanti in, in the mix there. And basically like there would be no grunge at all and no, what came from grunge and even no Nickelback possibly if we hadn't have had master of reality. <laughs> well, I mean, in all seriousness, you know, black Sabbath and, and, and other bands like Led Zeppelin and bands and their peers of the time, uh, you know, that they, they kind of defined this heavy metal hard rock sound and mm-hmm. we would we wouldn't have the hundreds of bands that we follow uh right. nowadays if it were if it were not for these trailblazers it's pretty cool and they mix in you know like like soft acoustic-y kinds of instrumental stuff that tony iomi does on like a spanish guitar so there's like two instrumental tracks on this album well one is like 28 seconds but uh, and the other is like a minute 30 so it, you know they, they just kind of like break break up the album a little bit and again 34 minutes jump into this one first Mm -hmm. if you haven't listened to any black sabbath it is it is quite the listen so then you know the band has success uh they're getting heavier into drugs and alcohol black sabbath volume four comes out in may of 72 uh what about not even a year later um, and, and this one is, is the cocaine album. They were oh, very, God. very open that like, oh, we had discovered cocaine around this time and <laughs> oh, um, no. everything about the world that we experienced was under the influence of cocaine. And like they, th- there's a track on here called Snowblind, which is about that. And that was what they wanted to call the album because of the copious amounts of cocaine they ingested while recording this album. Um, but the, the label wasn't having it. <laughs> <laughs> Must be nice to be a wealthy white man in the seventies, you know. Yes, just get away in, with any fucking drug you want. Well, in se- in seventy two, cocaine was still legal. I think. Oh, I really? Remember. It didn't become illegal until the later seventies. Oh, I, n- I did not realize that. <laughs> Which was the main reason they they were they were uh, selling it as such a you know great thing. Like, you know, are you a little run down at the end of the day? Just have some of this. Doctor recommends one line. <laughs> Nine out of ten doctors. <laughs> Paxlovid slash cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> Three Cures doses a your- day. 
<laughs> so um yeah they're the, all of that they recorded this album i mean and you, you read the excerpts from ozzy's autobiography and he's just like i don't really remember recording master of reality at all i just know children of the grave was like the greatest song we ever came up with <laughs> so yeah i mean i can't say like the cocaine is like causing problems on this album this album is still really good um i just I wonder overall, how much work like the production and the mixing people had well, to do and, to make sure everything's in well, time no, it was it was all tony tony was the production guy because they oh, okay. all realized like if we just produce it ourselves then we don't have to like spend money elsewhere right. and then they were like oh well tony knows what he's doing i'm gonna do my parts and then fuck off and tony's gonna be left with everything else and so tony's autobiography is all like everybody treated me bad and everybody just did it and they just relied on me too much it, it gets it gets a little whiny <laughs> but, well, you know entitled rock stars it's not a mm-hmm. it's not an uncommon thing yes so you know and basically the band is all like we probably should have quit after volume four because that was where like we reached that that point where like the drugs didn't overwhelm our lives and we were in a good place creatively but they ended up with all sorts of terrible like uh you know legal and financial problems because of the poor contracts they had signed and managers you know taking money that they shouldn't have been taking and like all that stuff is a little bit more evident on the later two albums but um yeah i really enjoyed all of this um moving on to album number five is sabbath bloody sabbath which came out in september of 1973 and basically for this one after all of the partying and stuff from going on tour after the volume four album they were a like way overly exhausted and be creatively bankrupt at Mm. this point. So they were just, you know, doing all the, all the drugs, all, all the alcohols, um, somewhere in there, they were performing at the Hollywood bowl. Um, and yeah, it says that Tony had been doing Coke literally for days. We all had, but Tony had gone over the edge. This is Ozzy talking. <laughs> Ozzy said, Ozzy said that guy the- <laughs> takes too much drugs. <laughs> right. Um, um, so th- yeah, th- this was because like they couldn't come up with anything when they went to start working on album five, they had like, like Tony couldn't come up with any guitar licks. They had no ideas. So they were like, let's go on tour a little bit. So they're at the Hollywood bowl. Um, yeah, Ozzy says, I mean, this stuff just twists your whole idea of reality. You start seeing things that aren't there, and Tony was gone. Near the end of the gig, he walked off the stage and collapsed. Shit. <laughs> um, and then uh, regarding his writer's block, block t- Tony Iommi admitted in 2013, I panicked because I didn't have a single idea about what to write. It might have been the drugs. It could have been the pressure. But either way, I feel it was my fault. The band were also disappointed to discover that the room they had used previously – um, had been replaced by a giant synthesizer that Stevie Wonder had brought in during that time. <laughs> so, mm. <laughs> all sorts of things. And somewhere in here, I, uh, like a f- somebody ran on stage and tried to stab Tony Iommi in the midst of all this and then was like tackled by the security. So it was like all that stuff was was creating all sorts of lovely tension within the band at this time. But somehow they came up with the riff for the track uh, Sabbath Bloody Sabbath in the midst of all that, mm-hmm. which I really like that song. And I, I had heard that one from, I don't know, the, the Greatest Hits album or the radio or something like that. But as soon as he came up with that riff, which is a really good riff, like all of a sudden, like they 
started working and collaborating well and it started working. So, um, this album is good as well. Um, kind of more on, on the mediocre side compared to what they had done previously. Yeah. Maybe so, the band themselves can probably admit to that as well. Right. Like, I mean, they, yeah. they, they went into this with no ideas. Mm-hmm. So, you know, th- this is definitely a, a good album overall, but nothing that was like, wow, bam. So, so good. Except for Sabbath, bloody Sabbath. That was like the big hit right there. So, um, yeah. And then they just kept on touring and kept on doing drugs. Cause why would you stop? And this, and, and then for album number six called sabotage, um, this is where like the legal side of things started to become a huge problem. So they ended up like, you know, realizing that money had been being stolen by their previous manager and they needed to hire lawyers and like, all this kind of stuff. And this is where Ozzy finally like started writing songs and he wrote a really good song that closes out the album called the writ. And so that's really awesome. Um, this is probably more like the first progressive metal progressive rock thing. Um, I don't know how much progressive rock was being done in the mid seventies, but it kind of started around that time. I would imagine, but they, they, take their sound in a very different I mean, direction. Would you call Led Zeppelin progressive? That's just more like psychedelic, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's definitely not where they were with physical graffiti in 1975. Oh, okay. Like, this is, this is more progressive than that album is. So, um, but there's some good tracks on here. I gave this one like a five or a six out of eight. Like there, there's a whole uh, instrumental track on here called super czar um, that brings in a choir and to sing like, like the, the like satanic sounding choral aspects Ooh, that are really, really ghost cool. Dude. <laughs> yeah. So like to the point that Ozzy said one day he came to the studio and like this choir was there and he was like, <laughs> Oh, I must be, I must be in the wrong studio. And then he left. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess this song is instrumental now. <laughs> mm-hmm. So hole in the sky is a great song. Symptom of the universe is a great song. Megalomania is nine minutes and 42 seconds. And that song is really, really good. Whew. So I, I like the, even though the band is having lots of problems at this point, um, they're still making good music. And for this one, this was where they like kind of started to really hate each other and become more like resentful of each other. And this is where Tony was just like, yeah, like I was just left to do all of the production side of things. And they were just like, see ya. I'm going to go now. (laughs) Enjoy yourself. So he got into his whiny pants about that. Um, They were playing like, they were, they were recording in a freaking like castle somewhere in England. Of course they were to the point that they were playing all these practical jokes on each other that (laughs) went way overboard. (laughs) So like to the point that like none of them would sleep. (laughs) It's like, basically at one point we were all just like sleeping with, with, with with, like holding onto a knife just in case, because like some, some, some asshole in, in, in armor would just show up to freak us out. So (laughs) You mix that with drugs and alcohol and, and a bunch of resentment, you know, things are going to start to crack. Yeah, yeah, I don't need to sleep anymore because I've just got mountains of cocaine. <laughs> mm-hmm. So at one point they spray painted Bill Ward's entire body in gold spray paint, which like is not a good idea. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's poison. <laughs> right. But they did it and they all had a good laugh about it. <laughs> 
said, you know, what, well, whatever. There, again, there's a lot of information about this. You know, I try to live my life, you know, <laughs> trying to stay away from like harmful things, you know, to try to make sure mm-hmm. that I'm there for my, 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 my loved ones and my friends and my family as long as possible. And to, right. so, so that way I'm not living miserably. And then I hit, right. and then I hear shit like this and they're like, and they're still alive and they're very successful, and they're rich, and they're famous, and they're <laughs> beloved by the entire. At this point, world. at this point, they had they had no money because like all of the money had been either skimmed from them or had gone to lawyers. So they were like literally at like at at, at that zero state. Well, they were rich enough to be <laughs> stolen from. So I guess I there's guess that so. perspective. But like, they and had, then I, and then I think back in my life, I'm like, what the, what the fuck am I doing wrong? <laughs> what the fuck? I know, I know. They were all of like, you know, 26 at this point. Yep. <laughs> so I don't know if you if you see the artwork for this album. That that has a fun story behind it as well. Well, let me check this out. <laughs> for Sabotage. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I see a band in front of a painting. Yes, the band. The yes. band, yeah. The band in front of a painting of, those, of themselves. What's the story so behind it? Is, it is loosely based on another photo um, that had done been done years before. Let's see if I can. I don't know what the name of that photo is, but it's basically just like a, a man in a in a bowler hat and a and a suit looking into a mirror. But the the reflection is like that same image of the back of his head. Right. So, so it's not a reflection. It. It's just he. Sh- it's just kind of paralleled. Right. So um, so the band wasn't preparing to take the band photo for the album on this particular day. So they showed up, um, apparently Bill Ward after a heavy night of drinking, couldn't find his pants. So he put on his wife's, uh, stockings to go, to go to this thing that they were going to, to talk about the, the album shoot. And, and Ozzy, you know, also after a long night of partying, just threw on this kimono out of nowhere and, and, you know, waltz down the street to where they were doing this, this discussion. And as he, as he put it, uh, he called himself a homo in a kimono. Homo in a kimono. <laughs> it was the seventies. And so they, they took these pictures as, and they thought they were going to be test shots. Um, and, and then they left and didn't hear anything about it until the album was finally done and pressed. And here was these photos that they were not prepared for <laughs> that ended up on the cover of their album. So they hate this album art, obviously, but to us <laughs> I mean, it's not in like 2022, the, yeah, it's, it's like, well, great. this looks, this looks like a normal seventies progressive rock album art. Doesn't it? This is exactly what we'd be expecting. Like, yeah. You're right. <laughs> but this was not what the band had expected. And, and Bill Ward didn't even wear underwear to this particular um, photo shoot. I just allegedly. assume no, no rock band wears underwear ever. And so since they were going to, since he realized they were going to be taking pictures, he actually put on Ozzy's underwear at that time. So when you look closely to the back shot, which is, if you see the back of the album, it's (laughs) it's the back of their heads. Um, If you look closely, you can see like the, um, you know, 1970s speedo thong thing that he was wearing. So it's just like some of the most ridiculous stories that came out of this, but the album oh, is really man. good. All right. <laughs> yep. At least there's that. Right. And so, you know, at this point, Ozzy had, was pretty fed up. He had already kind of like planned out his own solo work at this point. He had already come up with the name blizzard of Oz at that point. He just like was so, conflict avoidant like most of the band was to like actually 
do it. So he's like, oh, I don't want to hurt the guys and, and I don't want to blah, blah, blah. So, and they never, like this band never communicated with each other about like what was going on internally with each other. They just did all the drugs and all the practical jokes and just held on to all of this. So as you get into the later seventies, holy shit, does it like hit a freaking boiling point? Um, so that's where I'm at now. Cool. With, Man, uh, I didn't realize you were, you, you, you had deep dive this far in. Right. So now I'm at Technical Ecstasy from 1976 and then Never Say Die from 1978. And those were the two final Aussie albums where like the more you read and read and read about what was going on and, and the drugs and everything and how much they hated each other. And like they, they fired Aussie and then, or no, he quit the band. And then he came back to the band three months later and they were like, Oh, well, we've already started working with this new guy. And, and then like, like that new guy had like written a bunch of songs for what would become the never say die album. And they were just like, Oh, Hey man, um, Ozzy's back. So we're, we don't need you anymore. And that's <laughs> so, Dio, right? If I remember. No, no, it, no, this was a different guy. Like that only stuck around for three months. I forgot his name. I'd have to oh, find okay. it somewhere. Somebody I'd never heard of. So then they get together and then they still hate each other. They're not talking about things. They like, they crap out these couple of albums and, and Tony Iommi is just like, yeah, you know, we didn't have enough time to really like make it work. We were basically just like, let's just practice and record and get this thing going. And like, everything is, is very first draft for this. They didn't like hash out ideas to make sure even that things were working right. So, um, yeah, Bill Ward, the drummer sings a song on here called it's all right. And maybe next week I'll, I'll have you listen to that song. And I want you to just be like, does this sound like a black Sabbath song? (laughs) (laughs) But, but that's what he said. Like they were being pushed so much. Like you got to change, you got to change music in 1976 was not what black Sabbath had been making for a long time. So if you want to stay relevant, make a change. And they're just like, you know, we, we tried to make a change and it just didn't work. Um, so that's what these next two albums are to the point where, uh, yeah, they eventually fire Ozzy and, uh, bring in and bring in Dio. And so I'm listening to the two Dio albums that came out in 1980 and 1981 as well, which whole different, like you, you wouldn't even expect this to be the same band oh, by wow, the time really? Dio shows up. So like there's the, the, again, that, that sense of rejuvenation on that first Dio album that can that, always make or break a band. I mean, even like yeah. nowadays I'm thinking, right? Like whenever you bring in like a new lead singer, either like makes it, you either alienate all of the old fans or just like you said, a breath of fresh air. Mm-hmm. And obviously Dio has that voice that is so iconic. Like that, that dude needed to be in a band like this, but you know, I'll tell you more stories about why he quit the band in 1982 or something like that. And then there's, there's more, there's more because the band just keeps going. They, they be like, let's get a new singer and, and make it too so much money, the, man. They, they make albums up until 1994, like consistently Jeez. just with like a whole different revolving door around Tony Iommi and, and, Tony was like, can we please drop the Black Sabbath name? And Warner Brothers was like, no, you can't make a Tony Iommi solo track album. He's like, but I really want to. This isn't Black Sabbath anymore. And apparently Warner Brothers wouldn't let him. So that's bizarre in its own way as well. Uh, When money mixes with art sometimes, it doesn't always Mm -hmm. fit together. Yep. So, um, yeah, I'll tell you more about these four albums, the 76 to 1981 incarnation of this band yeah what an interesting deep dive 
and I, I remember I've only heard a few Dio tracks here and there, but man, he he, he can write songs around this in the metal genre pretty good yeah pretty that's good. the only thing i know that's the only like real thing i really know about the uh, black sabbath is that like dio replaced ozzy at some point mm-hmm. and then dio came back in the early 90s and that and then that fizzled out fast and then they, reuni- <laughs> they reunited with ozzy in the late 90s and you know just to kind of do a tour here and then you know take a break and ozzy would do solo stuff um, and then they released an album with Ozzy again in 2013, which I probably will listen to that one. Oh, okay. But I'm, I'm not there yet. I don't know if I want to listen to the eighties and nineties stuff though. Otherwise, like that sounds exhausting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you're like halfway through it at this point, like for the most part. Yeah. I guess I'm at albums, album 10 of 19 altogether. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you're basically there. I mean, you might as well. But I got Even if it's just to stages. check it out like once or twice, maybe, maybe because I want to. I want to hear the train wreck. I want to. I want to see how bad it gets <laughs> in all reality. <laughs> so we'll we'll, we'll we'll see where that goes. So, but I I think this is a band that m- metal fans kind of need to be uh, acclimated to uh, to to get an understanding of how things evolved. Yeah, if anything, they music. are like a legacy band. Mm-hmm, definitely. So they Still finally officially day, right. No, no, they, they, they called it quits officially in 2017. Oh, okay. So that, that was the end of that. And, you know, and then Ozzy's doing his solo stuff. And, uh, yeah, I, I really got into the first two Ozzy albums from 1980 and 1982. I believe they were, I mean, they're not like greatest kinds of things, but like Randy Rhodes's guitar on crazy train. I mean, obviously that was one of my other initial, you know, suck me into music kind of things that, that track spurred me. Unfortunately, now it's been like way overplayed, but in the late nineties, it hadn't. So I was into that a lot. And then diary of a madman, his second album is, has got some really good songs on it, even though it's not like a more very consistent album. So I was just like, eh, I don't need to keep on listening to Aussie albums after that. Mm-hmm. But you know, after Randy Rhodes died in that awful plane crash and is now buried across the street from where my wife was born in San Bernardino. Uh, yep. You know, it, it's, it was hard I used to, to live excited. down there too. Yep. Yep. Randy Rhodes was quite the gifted and talented artist. So, um, yeah, but I think that's all I have to say about that. Very cool, dude. Yeah. That, that's quite an interesting deep dive. And I, again, I didn't realize you, you, you had already like Swam, swam down to the deep end of this pool already. I know. This is only like t- two albums per week. Yeah, <laughs> tell me about point. it. So yeah, it's been it's been interesting because I've been meaning to do it for a long time. I just kept on forgetting. Yeah, and thinking that like, oh, I probably won't like it very much. But there's not a lot to not like here. That's that was the fun part. Yeah, sounds like it. I'm glad to hear that you're enjoying yourself. So, Led Zeppelin three. Led Zeppelin's three, yeah, immigrant song, third. baby, blues rock, which was interesting going into this one. I was like, okay, they're changing up the sound a little bit. Well, there was there was definitely those blues elements on the first two. Yeah, this one went a little. But this is yeah, this one's a this little was bit the more acoustic. Blue. Yeah, yeah. This is like the acoustic stuff because they made everything in that. Uh, abandoned house that didn't have any electricity so they had to only play acoustically <laughs> oh i didn't know that that's interesting yeah you know yes. you you have this image of a band that's you know as, as as big and famous and a legacy band like you know led zeppelin is and you know you think you have them all figured out 
because based on all the big singles like Immigrant Song, one of the incredible, mm-hmm. most incredible songs we've ever heard. I'm sad that it's only like two and a half minutes, but like, it, it's interesting. Yeah. For such an iconic song. But then, you know, once that song's over and it starts getting all bluesy and it's like, whoa, what am I listening to? What, what, what band is this? Yeah. Since I've been loving you. Whoa. I had never heard that song ever. Yeah. That song is like, uh, I, I don't know. Like if, is there, are there blues songs out there that pack that much wallop or, or was Led Zeppelin the one that brought it to the masses or were they were the ones that started it? I, I just don't know. I can't go back into that much. I mean, with the, with the, with the fame they would eventually garner, right? You got to imagine that they've inspired other blues artists out there. Mm-hmm. Right. But yeah, these guys were picking and choosing songs from the old blues guys and not giving them credit until many years later. So, you know, <laughs> whoops. <laughs> it makes sense. It makes sense. So yeah, I, I was surprised how much I enjoyed this album. It gave it, it, it was not so well received in the press. That's for sure. Well, it is a little jarring when you compare it to the previous two albums, I suppose. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I, that's the only thing I can think of, you know, not, yeah, not, that was the... not growing up in the seventies, not, and, you know, listening to this in the year in the, in the 2020s, it's right. You know, like you had, you listened to this and maybe like three other bands and you just sat around and waited, you know, for a year to get your new Led Zeppelin. It's three been album. six months. Where's my new album? Exactly. Exactly. So yeah. And that's what everybody was just, where's, where's whole lot of love too. Yeah. And and I can, I can, I've been there, you know, where you sit around and you wait for one particular artist. Cause you really liked, you know, one song from the previous album. Like I want that song repeated. I want to feel the same way. Oh yeah. People yeah. are still like that to this day, you know, and that's where we get to. And, but, but what the only difference is that like people have outlets that who, and, and they think that everybody gives a shit about their opinions, which right. is ironic that, you know, I'm saying that on my podcast, <laughs> on my podcast of two, two hours of discussion later. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But, uh, uh, but what do you call it? But yeah, I, I can understand going into Led Zeppelin three and then people being off put by it. No, my band, <laughs> my band, my band. So, I mean, Tangerine, I, I knew that song and I, and that's the way I knew that song from classic rock radio. Um, but yeah, everything else here besides Immigrant Song was was new to me. And mm-hmm. I gave it a 7 out of 10 altogether. And yeah, Since I've Been Loving You was a, a huge standout. I was like, man, this is fucking dope. Because when you get to In My Time of Dying on Physical Graffiti, like th- th- that song is like Since I've Been Loving You times like five. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, that song is huge. Very cool. So, um, but this is like the the slow down version of that i guess <laughs> i don't know how else to put it i just don't know <laughs> yeah uh, but yeah it def- definitely um threw me off a little bit I- again i i thought i had this band all figured out because i'm such an expert at music but uh mm-hmm. no pleasantly surprised at like the change in direction and just their third album and um right with how close it was released to from their first album as well like they already went into this like stylistically different but i guess it kind of makes sense they've i mean they've they're not like a standard type of band really they just kind of write psychedelic mm-hmm. hard rock and just kind of go from there and just it, it sounds like it still fits like these these like this group of songs sounds like they you could take like a couple of them and put them on like different 
Led Zeppelin albums, mm-hmm. so to speak. Yeah, that's, but that's like, true. That's yeah. true. But I, yeah, I don't think they had relied as heavily on the acoustic side of things on the previous albums, and that was the other huge shift. Yeah, like I'm not wanting to listen to you know Bob Dylan here. I want to listen to hard rock. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, I I was a fan of this one. Finally listening mm-hmm. to it after all these years and yeah it got panned by the critics the fans <laughs> were not happy about it but uh, you know legacy wise people finally came around on it years finally later. people are starting to understand this this, this <laughs> band we've been championing since, since the 70s <laughs> so um all right anything else before we move on to four uh no like but it has been a couple weeks since i last listened to it but yeah pleasant surprise threw me off a little bit but like not in a bad way just kind of took me a took me another listen to acclimate to it but um yeah huge pleasure uh to, to check out these songs some of the best stuff i've heard from them came from this album so that's uh you know uh, that that was a Huge plus, at least. But for number four, they I think they seem... It sounds like they kind of took that criticism to heart and maybe started writing a little bit more hard rock songs now. And decided to be shot into the stratosphere mm-hmm. of everything at this point. Yeah, this, this album took them where few bands would ever, ever reach. And I love that, like... Um, Robert Plant now says now now he says that he's the guy on the album cover. Like that's what he looks like now. <laughs> <laughs> that he said man, that recently. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the guy on the album cover now. <laughs> so um, yeah, this was uh, and, and again, you got to remember at this point that they're on Atlantic, and Atlantic is a small fledgling label that was nice enough to give artists songwriting. Uh, uh, royalties wait, like own their what do you call it royalties like yeah i guess so right when this like not a lot of bands did that and atlantic was heavily a blues and like black artists kind of band at, or a uh, label at the time mm-hmm. so um that, that was a huge thing for them to be on atlantic until they i think they did their own they were on their own label by the time they got to physical graffiti oh interesting so yeah, they did one called Swan Song by then. So um, yes, Led Zeppelin Four featuring some of the iconic songs. Black Dog. That was the one that uh, Brian Fallon said that he was learning when he came up with the riff for A Thousand Years on the Get Hurt album. Really, very yes, cool. He mentioned mentioned that live at home. And then when I saw that, I was like, oh yeah, I need to listen to more Led Zeppelin albums. And that's where we are now. Again, you're trying to be his best friend. It's okay. One day I'll get there. <laughs> so yes, Black Dog, Rock and Roll, mm-hmm. Stairway, Stairway to Heaven. Those three songs you probably knew, right? Uh, Stairway to Heaven for sure. Uh, not those other two songs. I don't oh, think really? I've ever wow. heard Rock and Roll. Interesting. Man, that one. I'm surprised that hasn't been in a Marvel movie. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? And that's just Immigrant Song. That's it. Okay. The Battle of Evermore. That's pretty dope. It is, yes. If you finally throw in some of that mandolin, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, what what'd you think of this one? Because this one, I, I I jumped into way back in two thousand because I, I wanted to be cool and finally listen to music that was like thirty years old at that point. Like I'm going to be cool now. <laughs> yes, yes. And like I would listen to this one on my drives to college. I remember it would it would cover my entire commute from Riverside to Pomona, 
and I would I would be pulling into my passing my my parking spot when the levee brakes came on. Oh, nice! Like, yeah, the timing was always perfect. Oh, that song! I didn't even realize it was not technically a Led Zeppelin song. It's it's a cover. Oh, cool! So going into this one, it felt like this was the missing piece between Led Zeppelin two and Led Zeppelin three. I felt this felt like the in between. Uh, as for for uh, for those two albums, not, I mean, mm-hmm. it's not in a bad way. In, in any in any case, it just seems like if you were to map out a band's trajectory from their debut mm-hmm. album leading to the songs that they would write it for uh, Led Zeppelin three, it seems like mm-hmm. this this should be slotted in there somewhere. Right. Yeah. Right. So it definitely does sound like they were. I don't know if they were uh, overly sensitive to the criticism of number three or what the heck was going on, or maybe they just felt like you know reliving well, the went, albums from the the the, the pre or that they previously wrote but like it's this seems like the it seems like the natural progressive progression from number two yes yeah I, that that makes sense to me now especially after hearing led zeppelin three as well yeah so um yeah i mean i i can't say too much else about how how good this one is not a big fan of uh misty mountain hop and four sticks those are two tracks that I'm just like, meh, meh. <laughs> I, the rest I thought they of were this, fine, yeah. Yeah. The rest of this I can dig. And I mean, Stairway to Heaven, I mean, one of the most iconic songs of all time. Super currently, long. Currently being played at your local guitar center. Yeah, the, the abridged version, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a problem with the length? Oh, I mean, I didn't feel the length like, eventually, but I didn't. Uh, I remember things like, "Wait, this song's still playing? What the fuck?" <laughs> but you know, they, they, it's they in write... three. It's in three parts. I know. You got to get to the third part. And that's why when that's they the change one. it up, and I'm like, "Wait, this is still Stairway to Heaven? What the fuck?" <laughs> but then I realized, like, oh wait, they they always write long songs, so it's not. It's not it wasn't a super big deal. So eventually, I just you know, it grew on me. And it's not like and Stairway to Heaven's not a song that like I listen to all the time. So it's not like a right. It's not like something I was super familiar with. I just heard. A bridge. I don't know if you're in there. If if I don't know if you've made love to a lady or with yourself, but there's like a, a building that eventually releases into a climax. Um, I don't know if <laughs> Stairway to Heaven uh, reminded you of anything related to that <laughs> <laughs> over the course of seven minutes. I mean, no, I'm all. saving myself <laughs> for the Lord, so I don't understand <laughs> these sex references. Oh, okay, okay. No. So. Um, and then when the levee breaks, I mean, the, the, the iconic recording of the drums on, on that one, you know, it was recorded in a hallway with the drums, like several feet away. Oh, really? John Bonham. Um, let's see. Yes. His heavy unaccompanied drumming recorded in the lobby, sorry, of the, uh, house that they were living in at the time two buyer dynamic m160 microphones which were hung up a flight of stairs output output from these were passed to a limiter a benson echo rec delay effect was also used page recalled he had tried to record the track at early sessions but it sounded flat the unusual locations around the lobby gave the ideal ambience for the drum sound wow that's been very interesting sampled by many a hip-hop artist since so i wonder because <laughs> i listened to the remastered versions of all of these albums uh on spotify and so i wonder how they took those drum tracks and remastered them and i mean I'm, I'm not familiar with whenever this remastered version was released but like i'm not familiar with uh uh you know modern day 
production tools. I've only just kind of dabbled them when, when we were in bands, but like, yeah, I can't imagine like taking those the tracks, how they were recorded in that very interesting way and re remastering them. Mm-hmm. That must've been really, really interesting. So yeah, I mean, I, I had this album on a cassette back in the, back in the nineties. So, but I remember like listening to that cassette in my 1990 Honda Civic with whatever was going on with my speakers. Like it still sounded just as good on there as it did on the remastered version. Right <laughs> so, on, dude. And that was when I was learning drums and I was just like, wow, listen to this shit. Like this is the quintessential blues rock epic song right there. And, you know, apparently it was originally done by somebody named, uh, Memphis Mini and Kansas Joe McCoy in 1929. Mm. That's an old ass song. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> so how never, can we how think... can we get the classic nature of this? Oh, I, I know. know. Let's 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 record the drums in a fucking hallway. <laughs> That's awesome. And I'm sure like the drums on that original version from 1929 were just as epic and mind blowing. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I really wonder. Like, I'd have to like find that on youtube somewhere so now it's only three, some rock band needs to make the 100 year anniversary version of when the levee breaks Whoa. see how that sounds <laughs> it's on its way yep. on its way so yeah that, that's cool i'm glad that you listened to this one i'm glad that you liked it as well it's yeah as again, far as iconic. you know other bands that i've listened to like of this era like i'd say i you know i love the doors a lot more <laughs> uh yeah. than, than this uh, but this is this is still you know of, of that era like I, I i i if if i had like the same sensibilities that i have nowadays and i grew up in the 70s like i i could see myself being a huge led zeppelin fan you know right. of the eight bands that are around <laughs> exactly <laughs> I, would, I would choose and led, I, led zeppelin and that was the way i always felt it too it was like i i love the doors led zeppelin has some really good songs but it was never like you know, at the same level. So yeah, there's something special about like the doors as long as, as far as like their songwriting goes uh, Mm -hmm. and like kind of the romanticized nature of that band and, and the people involved in them and Jim Morrison as an artist. So like I I, I tend to, if you're putting these side by side, I'll listen to some doors albums instead of uh, Led Zeppelin, but I'm glad I have this basis of comparison now. So very cool, dude. But you've probably checked out like the rest of their stuff at this point. Right? Um, just well, Houses of the Holy. I listened to a few weeks ago, so I will uh, refamiliarize myself with that as you do. And that one again, there's four of these eight songs that I had heard incessantly on classic rock radio. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't think if you didn't hear like Black Dog and Rock and Roll, then probably you didn't hear any of these other ones. But you might recognize a couple maybe yeah like led zeppelin just as a band is like a huge blind spot for me like i know immigrant Mm -hmm. song and i know um stairway to heaven right and and like yes a couple of the other songs from the first two albums but like that's about it like this isn't really a band that kind of crossed my mind in any way yeah so i think this one you probably won't recognize the tracks that that i do um like dancing days was a big hit for them the ocean was a big hit for them so but this is like just a perfect it seems like a perfect jump from where they were at on on four they're like no more long epic stairway kind of songs um or when the levee breaks but it's just like it's it, like this is them you just picture it, it, be, it taking place in you know the freaking san diego sports arena in 1970. 374 this is like arena rock you know right when it was just 
hitting its stride. Inventing so, arena, arena rock. Nice. Pretty much. Pretty much. Um, so like the song remains the same. I had never heard that song before the opening track. And you're just like, wow, like this would be a, such a great opener for a show. You know, they're right there in the seventies, like just kind of encompasses all that. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then we'll talk about physical graffiti because that album is long. That, that album is very long. Yeah, isn't it like a, a f- f- like a fucking hour plus almost, right? 82 minutes. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. So like an eight of the songs are like new and then the other eight are, are outtakes from other albums. Oh, okay. So that's kind of interesting. I think pacing wise, it's a little wonky because of that, but there's some good songs on there. Some very good songs. Cool. Yes. Yeah. We're about halfway through uh, their discography at this point. So uh, almost yes. there. And then the two albums after Physical Graffiti, I've I've never heard, so that'll be all new to me. Oh, no, right on. Yeah, so uh, so you're still going to be diving into Coheed and Cambria. You've got a, I'm sure you've got a huge adventure await, awaiting you at this point too. Right. Uh, yeah. So continuing on with the Led Zeppelin. Uh, but the but but again, thank you guys for checking out this week's episode. Uh, you know, I know it's I know it's a little bit different than the last few episodes that we've been doing, uh, but uh, we will we will have. Show topics now that I know that Adam is healthy. Hope he doesn't catch COVID again. Uh, but uh, I, I think there's like an immune. There's like an immunity. Uh, well, period. But you you can still catch it again. I can for like ninety days. For ninety like, days, yeah. You're gonna be I'm swimming in COVID. Yeah. In, invincible. <laughs> I am a god. <laughs> uh, so yeah. We'll, so for 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 the next episode, we'll have like a a, a solid like topic for you guys. Maybe a deep dive. Maybe a maybe a track by track of a classic album or an older album. I don't know. We'll, we'll come up with something, but uh, thank you guys for checking out this one. Glad you're okay. Uh, for anybody out there who's, uh, you know, feeling under the weather, you know, stick, you know, hang in there. You guys, hopefully if you're vaccinated, you'll get better soon. Uh, and uh, that'll do it for this week's episode of the skinny Adam. Thank you for spending some time with me today. Thank you for taking the time for me. You're very welcome. I do <laughs> things only for you from now on thank you thank you <laughs> regardless of sickness i still want to record no matter what yes so i'm just gonna salute so you know while while, while we kind of close up here let me I'm gonna disinfect my microphone i didn't want all your germs <laughs> traveling digitally over here that's how viruses spread you're literally spreading a virus right now i'm sorry i'm sorry my iris the virus just <laughs> ulted in right now well, she's let's... hungry she's hungry well then i will let you go feed your littlest one who's very angry at the moment. So <laughs> for my co-host, Adam, I am your co-host, Mike. And like we say, every time we're taking horse, horse dewormer to cure us of that fake virus from China. Um, feels great. I feel alive again. Well, uh, you at least don't have horse worms. <laughs> for now.